desert and the great American Southwest. I bid you good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be in the world's many prolific time zones. I'm Art Bell, and this is the weekend version of Coast to Coast AM. Glad to be here. You'll never know how glad I am to be here, actually. It's going to be an extremely interesting night, because in the second hour, we're going to be speaking with... Uh, Evelyn Paglini. Evelyn Paglini is a real witch. And magic is real. Now, I will serve up a warning right now in the first hour for this. There are certain people, certain people out there, obviously, who will be offended by this. And you would want to tune out now and not expose yourself to the pain that you're otherwise going to feel without a doubt. On the other hand, if you're interested, even mildly curious about what magic and witchcraft really is all about, then, oh, by all means, stay tuned. Uh, this hour, in a moment, we're going to connect with a very good old friend of mine, <laughs> Whitley Strieber. We're going to find out, uh, you know, we've got to kind of catch up a little bit on what's been going on in the world of UFOs and the paranormal, and the world of UFOs is incredible at the moment, so there's a lot of catching up to do, and I can't think of anybody uh, better equipped to do it for us than Whitley Strieber. Uh, the world news today, three more Americans dead in a mortar attack in Iraq. A roadside uh, bombing west of the capital. Uh, the president says he's not sure if the U.S. may need to yield or whether we will need to yield a significantly larger role in the U.N. to make way for some sort of new resolution on Iraq. The mastermind of the September 11 attacks has told American interrogators he uh, first discussed the uh, plot, and in, in first discussing it, they were going to have a wave of aircraft attack buildings on the west as well as east coast, and that later became modified. A very good engineer friend of mine has told me that um, our Telstar 4 satellite is no more. Now, I don't have any other details beyond that. It may have been a natural death. Uh, or not so, I don't know. I just know that Telstar 4, the satellite, which was an older satellite, is now history for one reason or another, and I'd, I'd certainly be interested uh, in the details. Reminding you, as always, suggestions, comments, uh, flames, whatever, will reach me at my email address, artbell at mindspring.com. That's artbell at mindspring.com. Stay right where you are. Whitley's next. One, he's a friend. Uh, number two, he's an author, of course, or, or author or co-author of War Day. That's one of my favorites of all time. Communion, the coming global superstorm, the host of Dreamland, which streams on the net from unknowncountry.com. Uh, uh, just all kinds of books, more than I could ever mention, uh, and certainly has an eye on everything that's going on. Here is Whitley Strieber. Whitley, hey. It's great to be back, Art, and it's so great to have you back on the air. Thank you. Hearing that voice saying from the high desert, what adventure those words bring. It's just it's really exciting. I'm Thank you. Welcome back. It is an adventure. That's for doggone sure. Uh, Whitley, it's been a while in more ways than one. Oh, yeah. And and it's it's become very hot, hasn't it, UFO-wise? Oh, it's, it's very hot. Incidentally, that Telstar 4 satellite uh, yes. shut down just about 9 this morning, uh, because of uh, short circuit in its primary power bus. How interesting. Yeah, and uh, there's huh. not a lot of solar activity right now. There's some big stuff coming up, 
But uh, well, we just went through a, a, a period of about a week, Whitley, of very fast particles uh, hitting the Earth. Now it's just let up in the last 24 hours or so. Maybe uh, it built up a static charge in there. Yeah. That that's certainly a possibility. Well, you just gave me more information already than I had about Telstar, so that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, anyway, in the world of UFOs. Well, in the world of UFOs, a very interesting thing happened. Last October, in my journal on my website, I asked the question, would 2003 be the year of the alien? And it has turned out to be quite a year. The reason I asked the question was simple. Back in the 60s, Jacques Vallée, the UF, great UFO researcher, discovered what he called the Mars effect, and that is that UFOs increase in intensity activity intensity when Mars is closest to the Earth. Hmm. You know, I, I can imagine an alternative explanation for that. Every night, all the people I talk to, my friends on ham radio, they're all running outside saying, Whoa, look at Mars, look at Mars, you know, and we're dragging telescopes out and looking at Mars. The point, my point is, we were all looking at the sky at night. Well, that could be one of the reasons, except it wouldn't explain, I mean, it could be one of the reasons this time but it wouldn't explain the consistency of the pattern over now the past 50 years. It's the only consistent pattern in UFO uh, sighting, that, that UFO sightings increase when Mars is close. And in many of those instances, hmm. Mars has been closer, but not close enough, not like it is now, not spectacularly close. Uh, this one, it, it's true, it's spectacularly close, and I'm sure that a lot more people are looking at the sky than normal, but we are having some unusual things happen, quite unusual. First, there's been some amazingly good UFO video taken. Some of the, in fact, two of the best and most convincing pieces of UFO video have appeared in the past three weeks. Oh? The first being from uh, British Columbia, a gentleman's uh, wife, stepped out on their deck in the after, late afternoon and saw this thing in the sky. He had just bought a video camera. He ran in and got it <laughs> and took a few seconds of footage, which I have analyzed uh, very carefully, uh, frame by frame, and it has been said that, oh, well, maybe it's one of those Mylar balloons, the usual stuff, and but... This piece of video is spectacular. Uh, it well, okay. What does it show? We don't it, have well, it, so it describe is, it. Is a is a circular, very very shiny circular object. Mm -hmm. Now, what's interesting is that the object has a metallic ring around the edges of it, which fades over three frames. This this ring does not is not retracted. It does not just disappear in one frame, it fades over three frames, huh. and, which is going to be a really hard thing to do with a model. The thing is not a digital insertion. It's definitely in that video. Uh, it has a uh, uh, black object that protrudes out of the edge of it. Then it, it makes a, uh, begins to move, and it changes... It, 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 it exhibits its its side to the thing, becomes a disc rather than a circle, uh, and it morphs. It changes form, 
and something bizarre happens. It literally disappears, but not in a puff. Part of it, you can see a sort of something kind of flow off of it that's clear, but seems to be this, uh, d distorting an area of the sky as it moves away. It is a really weird piece of video. So much of uh, the UFO reporting seems to, when you listen to the stories, as I just listened to you, almost mix with the paranormal. I mean, it really does get close. It appeared. It well, disappeared. Look, it morphed. The, it, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Look at the abduction stories. What the UFO investigators don't like to tell you is people's dead. The dead show up with aliens all the time. We don't have any idea of what this thing Boy, is. Boy, there you go. The, excuse me. The dead show up with aliens. Is that what you just said? Let me tell you a story. Yeah. And, and this is typical. This is one of probably five, six hundred similar stories I have. Family, husband and wife are in the living room. Uh, the, the Late at night, 1030 at night, they've taken the, old, the dog out for a walk. Now, suddenly, the dog becomes extremely restless. Mm -hmm. The wife decides, well, I'll take him out again. Maybe he's not finished. She goes. She opens the front door. A huge ball of light flies away from the house and across the trees. She yells to her husband, uh-oh, you're going to get a call, because he's in, uh, in, in uh, air, the air business. I don't exactly remember which. I think it was an FAA inspector. And she thought it was a burning plane crashing. Mm. At that moment, their little seven-year-old runs down the stairs saying, Mommy, Daddy, Mommy, Daddy, little blue men came into my room, and they had his older brother with them. And he said to tell you he's okay. He had died in an auto accident the week before. Now, <sighs> this isn't unusual, Art. This is, this is typical. And they were frantic to know. This is recent. No, this isn't recent. This okay. is ten years ago. Ten years ago. Yeah, but it's uh, it's absolutely typical. But again, uh, to me, there you go. We've got the paranormal and ufology sort all of all mixed up together, mixing it up. Yeah, oh, it's it's all one thing. I I I I hate it when I see these people trying to turn this into something where we're saying, well, these are aliens from another planet. On the one hand, on the other hand, there's fascinating stuff like the Mars effect. What does it mean? Well, does it mean just the, the very proximity of Mars itself has some kind of, oh, I don't know, what would be the right word, well, some sort of vibratory dimensional effect on Earth and Earthlings, or is it, you know, something coming from Mars? Well, or I mean, we have a, On our website right now, we have a fascinating uh, paper. It's been rewritten in, in Anne and the scientist who wrote it rewrote it in non-technical terms so it's easy to read mm. by a particle physicist from Spain the actress Dato Rivera who suggests that maybe we are embedded in a much larger galactic civilization in the same way the mountain gorilla is embedded in our civilization and has only just the smallest amount of access to what's really going on <laughs> It's an interesting idea, isn't it? Now, you take that with the Mars effect, and you look at the Chilbolton crop circle uh, form, crop formation. Can you back up enough to explain to me what the Mars effect is? Uh, in yeah, other words, okay. uh, what are, is it some sort of vibratory thing? Well, I don't know. Just... All I know is this. When Mars is closest to the Earth, 
when we're Mars is in opposition to the Earth, stuff happens. UFO in stuff increases. We've had unbelievable abduction cases in the past few weeks. Yeah, Just, you mentioned abduction to me. What's been going on? Well, let me get into this. Uh, first, this week's Dreamland is an interview with one of these women who was abducted just a couple of days, just like days ago. But this is no ordinary case. I'll tell you why. It's one of the more witnessed cases that has ever existed. First of all, there were two people that happened to it at the same time. They didn't go unconscious. They saw the aliens before they went out into missing time. There were dreadful injuries involved that are still not resolved. But here's the amazing part of it. The UFOs involved in this were seen by other witnesses in other air, uh, from other parts of the same oh. region. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a big case. It's, a, it's a, an extraordinary case. And to hear the emotion in this lady's voice, it, it, it's, it, it took me back, and I ended up, we, we both just started crying together on the, on, on the show because of the, it just, I mean, it took me back to what it was like right after I had my experience. Well, having one person abducted and getting the story is one thing. Having two people is quite another. Having two people and then um, separate witnesses all together, that's really something else. Well, what happened was this. These two ladies had not seen each other in a long time. They lived up in British Columbia in a rather isolated area. The... Uh, the one of them, the, the, the get the friend who was a guest in the house said, "Well, let's go stargazing." And it was they'd done that a lot when they were younger. And so they went out. It was about midnight. They went out onto a road and got out of the car. And the lady who does the interview turned on her flashlight. She had a powerful flashlight to, because you know, out in British Columbia, you got on a roadside at night. You want to be sure there's no bears or anything nearby. Right. You know, it's not like it is in, down in this part of the world. You might really encounter something. So she shined the flashlight. First, the reason they, as soon as they stopped, before she did the flashlight, they saw a triangle of stars in the sky, which were moving slowly along. And it, it immediately, as soon as I heard her say that to me, I knew what was going to happen because that triangle of stars, it means that these little gray guys are coming. That's what it always, I mean, they often, not always, but they often show up with this triangular formation and these groups of three that are so much a part of what they do. Hmm. Anyway, they see the triangle of stars, and they're not really thinking UFO at all. They're just, it's unusual. And they, she turns on the flashlight to check the area so that, to be sure that they're safe. And to her horror, they see off in the brush beside the road five sets of eyes glowing bright green, slanted yeah. eyes glowing aye, at, aye, aye. about four feet off the ground. And they were absolutely flabbergasted and terrified. They could see the bulbous gray head of one of these creatures. Uh -huh. And they started to move, and they were just beside themselves. They were screaming, get back in the car. They couldn't move quickly. They were like uh, slowed down somehow. Mm -hmm. They got back in the car and drove home. Now, you notice I didn't say they were abducted or anything. Right. They, it was totally seamless. Problem is that 
instead of the one or two minutes passing that should have passed, 35 minutes had mysteriously disappeared from their lives. Hmm. Well, now, you said they began to slow down as if time it, had slowed. As if something had gone, something strange. They couldn't get, it was like... Nothing. So then that could have been the precursor to what stopped time of course it for was. them. Yes. Of course it was. Yes. Hmm. And then in the car, they both felt like a feeling very familiar to me, like they were covered with static electricity. I know that feeling well. It's a post-abduction feeling. That it will it persists for thirty forty minutes after an abduction. If you're awake and aware of it, you will feel it. Every hair on your your body feels like it's got a big electrical charge. What so, about physical manifestations? Okay. Anything at all? Oh, yes. oh goodness, yes. All right. Uh, first, nosebleeds, spontaneous nosebleeds, uh, exhaustion. One of them has had problems. Her potassium level has gone crazy. The other one, though... Wait a minute. Let's think about these for a second. That's, that's pretty usual. Spontaneous nosebleeds. Uh, what would cause that? Well, a big pressure change might cause that, right? Well, I think mainly dry air would cause it. A dry air can but certainly cause it? unusual in people who've never had nosebleeds. Yes. Yeah, I was just trying to think of the circumstances that she might have been subjected to that might have brought that on, and others who have had similar experiences. I think, I think probably intrusions. That's what it was with me. It, when I used to get those nosebleeds, it was because they were sticking things up my nose. The uh, doctor even found the scars, found the marks, and took x-rays. They didn't find any implants in there, but they did find evidence that something had been penetrated up into my, up into my sinuses. <sighs> Um, Here, here's one other thing that I want to explore with you. You said it right in the beginning of this story. You said they went out in British Columbia in the dark at night to stargaze. And, I, you know, Whitley, have you ever wondered whether the people who have these experiences, you included, yes, I have. I might know. bring it on yourselves? I mean, it's Mark. like you're opening a door and saying, here I am, brother. Come and visit. I asked her that very question. Why in the world did she even ask to do this yeah. at this hour of the night? And neither of them have a good answer. Neither of them. I think they were called and they went. And indeed, well, let me finish with the injuries, though, because the most important Absolutely. one I haven't mentioned Go yet. right ahead. The most important injury is to the friend, a severe burn over her coccyx which she began to feel the pain of only the next morning. A burn. She went to the doctor, and the doctor said it's an extremely unusual burn. It looks like a radiation burn, but, you know, she, hadn't, she had no way of, apparently no, had not been in any radiation that she knew of. Mm -hmm. This injury is still giving her trouble. It healed up, and then it became troublesome again. And the last I know... Uh, she went back to the doctor. I do not know what the disposition of it, it how, is. How long ago did the initial incident occur? Uh, July the 31st. So not long ago. Not no. long. That's another thing that this is such a recent one. Now, I don't have as much detail about others, but I know of about five cases in the Pacific Northwest and on down the West Coast as far south as San Francisco. Oh. Also, I know of Four cases in British Columbia uh, reported to me by a British Columbia investigator, UFO investigator Brian Fike, who's 
they're fortunate to have up there. He's an excellent investigator uh, of people reporting to their doctors with uh, injuries that appear to be sampling wounds where skin samples have been taken. Huh. A burn. I'm going to have to think about that one, a burn. All right, Whitley, hold on. We're at the uh, bottom of the hour. We'll be right back. My guest is Whitley Streber, who was born into this kind of information, as I guess I was. So we're right in the middle of, uh, well, they used to call it a flat. Now we might call it the Mars effect or whatever other excuse I guess we could grab, but there are many of them here from the high deserts in the middle of the night. This is Coast to Coast AM. I was a highwayman Along the coast roads I did ride Sword and pistol by my side. Many a young maid lost her baubles to my trade. Many a soldier shed his life blood on my blade. The master hung me in the spring of '25, but I am still alive. I was a sailor. I was born upon the tide With the sea I did abide I sailed a schooner around the Horn of Mexico I went aloft and furled the mainsail in a blow And when the yards broke off they said that I got killed But I'm living still I was a dam builder across the river deep and wide Where steel and water did collide A place called Boulder on the wild Colorado I slipped and fell into the wet concrete below They buried me in that great tomb that knows no sound but I'm still around I'll always be around 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 Wanna take a ride? Call Art Bell from west of the Rockies at 1-800-618-8255 East of the Rockies at 1-800-825-5033 First time callers may reach Art at area code 775-727-1222 Or call the wild card line at 775-727-1295 To talk with Art on the toll free international line Call your AT&T operator And have them dial 800-893-0903 this is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. But uh, we ought to play that. Johnny Cash, the highwayman. That's all about reincarnation, you know. And it might even be what we're talking about right now. I don't know. They are here. They're with us. Or we're with them. At any rate, we will be right back.
is an interesting little tidbit. Uh, last night, prior to the program, I got a, a quick email from uh, Jaime Musan. Jaime is uh, was the uh, the anchor of the Mexican 60 Minutes, and he said, "Hey, are you know?" It's interesting that you should be coming back now. He said, I don't, I don't know about America, but he said, down here in Mexico, it's going crazy, and the Mexican press isn't, uh, or the Mexican press, rather, is reporting on it, but the American press isn't. No. And he was wondering if it was, you know, similar here. And, and so that was kind of interesting. In a, in a sort of a blind way, he just put a stamp on a lot of what you just said. It's going nuts down there. Before we go on, I want to. Uh, people are writing me emails asking where to find this on my website. You know, the news changes every day on the site, and this is not today's news. They need to put British Columbia into the search engine, and the okay. and the the helicopter. They uh, the helicopter we're going to talk about. They need to put the word Brighton into the search engine, and they'll get all of those stories that way. But, you know, I did not know until this moment that it's going so big down in in uh, in Mexico. I knew about the U.K. It's ha- it's big in Canada, in the U.K. It's happening across the U.S. There was even, as I said or, or alluded to earlier, a police helicopter taping a, a UFO in, in the U.K. The, the, the jury is in on this stuff, and yet the American media... It is dead silent. I think it's a. I think it's a controlled media. I don't think it's really free anymore in any sense that we used to be. Hmm. Uh, and one of the things that they they don't like to talk about is this. And it could be, of course, that they don't want to talk about it because it's now obvious that they've been laughing about it for years and blowing it off, and that's wrong. They made a mistake. Well, but see, that's. The way all news departments treat it, Whitley, if a story like this comes in, it's used as a kicker. I don't care yeah. how serious yeah. it is. You know, somebody got abducted. They'll forget the burns and the marks and all the rest of it. It's just a kicker story. You know, something to make people laugh at the end of a newscast. That's all. That's, that's all it is. And yet, uh, it seems to me that if these people, like I did, are getting things implanted into their bodies and having genetic material taken from them... That that's kind of not a kicker. You still have an implant, don't you? Yeah, in my ear. Yeah, and uh, even after an attempt to remove it, of course, I spoke to the doctor who did the work. And right. It moved, and oh God! So you know. Yeah. Um. So they're here, and they're here in force right now. But the big question still hang, Whitley. The visitors are here, but who are they? Why are they here? What do they want? Well, I can tell you. What they're doing, I can tell you what they look like to some extent. I can tell you where they are generally at any given time, where the big flaps are taking place. But what I can't tell you is why they do what they do. I can't tell you where they come from. Goodness only knows what we're talking about in the last half hour. But if you followed it the, the way you would a crime, for example, uh, you're always in a crime looking for a motive. And the motive, through all of their actions, should begin to be apparent. They experiment on us. It appears to be genetically related in some way. There's, I mean, there's, there have to be hints here that point toward what it's really all about. They remove genetic material from human beings and animals. We know certainly from cattle. Uh, they kill the cattle in the process. They don't all generally kill us, although there is. Linda Moulton Howe and I have been on the trail of cases of 
that's happening to human beings for years. We never pinned anything down. But you know, in, in cases where deaths have occurred, and you and I, I think, and Linda, have talked about a few of them privately, You, if you want to say the regular UFO stuff is covered lightly or not at all, let me tell you, brother, how far they stay away from anything that concerns a death. Very much so. Very, very much so. Because I, I think that the reasoning is this, that the Air Force can't do anything about this. And therefore, they don't want people to... And, and But also, it happens at a very low level. It kind of smolders along. I mean, I'm not talking about 15,000 abduction cases in the past couple of weeks. I'm talking about, I know of maybe seven good cases. One really great case and six others that are averagely good cases, where the people seem sincere, but they don't have the kind of evidence that the two folks in British Columbia do. Well, the military wants us to think they're in control of everything. They've right. written somewhere up there, they've got a website claiming they will own the weather by the year 2050. Now, I don't think so. Well, that's what they think. Any, anyway, you know, one thing they don't own, they don't control, uh, is certainly you know, would be these things flying in our skies, which are documented. Uh, you know, I think you're right. I, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's over. They're there. Yeah. But the military can't begin to control that of them, and I, and I don't think they ought to be shooting at them. Well, I think that they found. I mean, this is now. This isn't anything that I've, I. I don't have any. I am not privy to any secret knowledge. Unfortunately, I wish I was. But I feel that what they have done over the years is that they've discovered two things, three things. One, this is happening at a very low kind of level. It smolders. It doesn't burn. Two, they can get the, the visitors to move off by like flying at them and stuff. And three, they really can't control them, and they don't know what they're doing. So that all adds up to, if you see a lot of them around, you put up a plane or two, uh, and they'll go away. And you, above all, you don't tell the public about it because it's weird and it's scary, and they can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. So that's... But, but, but again, um, if you're looking to motive, um, you would then, I guess... Con, uh, conclude we're being observed, we're being experimented on in some way. In some way, and uh, all of this, it has, there has to be a reason. I mean, it would not be easy for them to deploy these what machines, whatever they are, even if they're robots. Uh, none of this task would be simple to be here. So they have a very solid reason for being here, Whitley, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it is, yeah. They, I mean, Bud Hopkins has theorized that they that they need uh, some an infusion of new genetic material, but I, I just don't have, I don't think we have enough information to say that it's, we have any idea of what they may be doing. If they are substantially in advance of us, it really could be completely unimaginable to us what they're doing. Personally, I suspect them of being maybe about a hundred years ahead of us. I think they're about as far ahead of us as the Spaniards were ahead of the Aztecs. Mm. They look to us like they're just beyond belief, light years ahead of us. But if you'd showed up in World War One in an F-15, they would have thought you were from Mars, speaking of Mars. With a cell phone. 
Yeah, or with a cell phone. No, <laughs> right. I, no, that's true. And these people from those days, some of them are still alive. So it, what I'm saying is technology moves ahead so quickly that even a little bit of advance is going to look like a lot until you get there. Why would you imagine that those that we regard as aliens when we see them would be mixing it up with our dead? That's one Art, really to think really hard about. If the world of the spirit is real, and personally I'd be very amazed if it wasn't, it is therefore part of the physical. I always say there is no supernatural. Huh. There's the physical world. Part of it we can see and understand. Other parts we can't. A hundred years ago, radio was part of the supernatural would have been thought of, or 150 years ago, would have been thought of as part of the supernatural. Somebody who could talk to somebody else across the thin air over miles would be a sorcerer, mm -hmm. a magician. Mm -hmm. Now it's just an ordinary you and I can do it. We're doing it now. But, uh, and it's the same with this. Technology, if the soul exists, can penetrate that level of reality. And maybe in their case that's happened. Maybe they've done that. Maybe they are... The, the barrier the, between the worlds, the unknown country, is no longer unknown to them. Maybe that's all right. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, know about it. That, um, maybe, it's a, maybe it's a fake. Maybe it's deception. Well, now, there's a big one. Oh, yeah. In all of this, what are we, again, to conclude about whether they're benign or whether we should be very afraid? Look who is numero uno in terms of secrecy them. They hide. They conceal. On the one hand. On the other hand, you have this theatrical event in England of these crop circles, and here UFOs flying around in the sky, but there's certain things that they hide, and they do very privately. Cattle mutilations always take place, not just in, in, in where there are a lot of cattle, but where there are cattle, and it's also isolated country. Mm-hmm. Uh, most abductions take place in rather isolated places, like the ones up in British Columbia. There are a few very good cases from from cities and things. Oh, yes, I'm well aware. Um, right in the middle of New York City, but that certainly is the exception. It's almost always otherwise in exactly. isolated locations, almost always. Because they obviously want this to be secret, and they, in order to do it in a place like New York City, they have to work harder to keep people from noticing it. And in the country, they don't have to work as hard. Uh, so, you know, they, they don't announce themselves. They do what they do on their own. They put these little implants in people. And, I mean, you know, we found one implant that we tested here in San Antonio uh, at Southwest Research at the University of Texas, made of iron, 99% pure iron, perfectly ordinary on that in that sense. Put this little sucker in an X-ray diffraction machine. Yes. Thirty-six hours of testing. The machine never found it. We recalibrated, tested the machine again and again. That piece of iron was X-ray invisible. Why? Iron is not invisible. Or arts parts. Remember arts parts? Uh, well, <laughs> yes, yes, you do. I still have them. Well, I've got some of them too. We tested. Yes. That little piece of magnesium, foamed magnesium and bismuth? Yes. You know, we found on the electron microscope there is no connection 
between the magnesium and bismuth layers. They're, it's just empty. I, it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, I know. It's extraordinary. It's, that, that is, both of those are hyper-technological materials. They are beyond our technological knowledge. Do you, do you think that we understand enough about them to know whether... I mean, so many people are saying that, oh, you know, we're going to get in big trouble. Some horrible thing is going to get ready to happen, something plowing into our planet or the destruction by our own hand or something, and they will step in and save our butts. They will save us. I have no idea whether they would do that or if they could. Or if... See... There's another possibility. What if they're like from a, what the scientists call a brain world, a B-R-A-N-E brain world, a parallel world, a universe. They are believed to exist physically right here all around us. If they are penetrating from some other reality like that, it might explain why they're sort of part of our reality and then not part of it at the same time. Mm-hmm. And they may not be able to. They may be of limited power. Maybe... If they come here from Mars, they have limited ability to do so, which is why they show up in larger numbers when Mars is close, because it's easier. Or or they could be from our own future. Or from our own planet. Yes. How hard would it be for a chimpanzee to understand us or to realize how many of us there were to really grasp our existence at all, if there's another species here that is more intelligent and more proficient than we are, that we might have a lot of trouble really being aware of the fact that they're here, and they may be from here. Well, I've talked to people who have done some controlled experiments, for example, at the ranch, where they've seen uh, portals opening, Whitley, and things literally crawling through them. And, you know, all of this mixes up together with me when I start thinking of um, aliens with our dead yeah. portals. Um, it, it, it almost seems, you know, and you talk to the modern theoretical physicist, and he'll very quickly tell you, you bet there's other dimensions. And they're not even sure how many, but many, 11 more. And so they could all be with us even sharing the same space, but just one or two dimensions away. Boy, I'm not so sure. I'd like to go where they are. And it, it may, it, in Woodley, it may well be that what we do would have a profound effect in some way we can't measure or know about on them and their existence. So they may care a whole lot about what they, we they do. They may, yeah. We, they may depend on us in some way. But you know, I don't. I don't feel like there's. I never have felt very much like there's something, some huge invasion or something around the corner. I, what I have felt is that this is something that's probably been with us a long time, and that it kind of smolders along, and that the tragedy is that science won't take a look at it and learn from it. Well, I, I frequently wonder about you, Wit. In other words, you've got, a, you've got an implant, and I would have no way of knowing uh, what kind of control that implant has over what, you know, who you are, what you think, what you say. Have you ever wondered about that? Well, of course. I have, uh, all I can say is this, that I have, in my life, in dealing with this, there's been a consistent pattern, which is that when it's 
started to happen to me, I was absolutely terrified. And I decided to make something of it for myself because it was there. And I, it was like the mountain to climb. I went out into the woods alone in the dead of the night to challenge it. And the result was a whole lot of knowledge came my way that I have been trying to communicate through my books and my website ever since. I have a new journal entry up on my website called Dancing in the Mirrors, which is about this, this amazing mirror-like quality that the whole thing has. I know this whole thing now is but, your life. And yeah, but, Art, I have to tell you from the depths of my soul, I don't feel controlled at all. What I think that thing is, is something that, well, like, for example, when I get excited and I'm driving down the street, the street lights start going out, and sometimes the ear turns red and gets hot, and I hear a noise in it. And it's like I'm, I'm kind of going, it's going into overdrive, and it seems to be sending out a signal. I think it's telling somebody where I am, frankly. I think, it's, I think that's all it does. Maybe. So they can, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I just don't see it as being a mind control thing. But then I feel again, too free uh, inside myself. Yeah, but Whitley, uh, if it was a mind control thing in quotes, uh, and it was a good one, you you wouldn't know it. I wonder. Well, you wouldn't know it. I mean, it's just like a it's like a tap on your telephone, Whitley. Well, what if if you've got a good tap on would... your telephone, you don't hear clicks and crunches. They just hear what you have to say. A good tap is a good tap, and a good mind control is a good mind control. You know what I mean? I think that if I was under mind control, I wouldn't even know about the endpoint. <laughs> Maybe. Well, listen, uh, Whitley, as always, it's wonderful to have you here. Next time, we'll do an entire program. How about that? That would be fun. All right. UnknownCountry.com is Whit's website. He told you how to find uh, what you need to find regarding what we talked about tonight. Whitley, thank you. Buenas noches. Yeah, good night. We'll be back in a moment. When we do come back, be warned, we're going to be talking about magic, witchcraft. Coming next, Evelyn Paglini.
Well, call Art Bell from west of the Rockies at 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies at 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may reach Art at 1-775-727-1222. The wild card line is open at 1-775-727-1295. And to reach Art on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell on the Premier Radio Networks. All right, I want you to listen to me very carefully. We're about to talk about witchcraft. We're about to talk about magic. This will offend some people out there, their sensibilities, their religious beliefs, whatever. If that's the case, tune out. You know, the radio has a dial, an on-off button and a dial. Don't expose yourself to needless pain. This is going to be a very serious discussion about something that I personally believe is absolutely real magic. Dr. Evelyn Paglini is coming up. She's a parapsychologist, one of the leading authorities on the occult and the supernatural in the United States. She was born into a centuries-old family of practitioners of the occult. And at the age of four, her grandfather began teaching her natural magic. Very important phrase, natural magic. She is a psychic, metaphysical teacher, lecturer, consultant, doctor of divinity, and spiritual warrior. She also founded the International Psychic Center, a research investigation organization that has been called upon as an expert by law enforcement agencies, has set precedents in Texas court systems on child abuse cases with ritual overtones, worked with law enforcement on missing people and murder cases involving the occult and the supernatural. So brace yourself, Evelyn Paglini coming right up. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, here is a witch, Dr. Evelyn Paglini. Uh, Dr. Paglini, welcome to the program. Well, thank you. It's so wonderful to be back, and it's so I am so glad to have you back where you belong. Uh, thank you. It's great to be here. <laughs> um, I have a lot of really serious questions for you tonight. Mm. Um, Evelyn, uh, what do you know about death? What do I know about it? Yeah, that's right. What do you know about death? In other words... What do, you, what do you know about what happens when we die? From your perspective, from one who is a practitioner of, of other than, you know, what we learn in church, I don't know how to put this, <laughs> from your point of view uh, as a practitioner, what do you know about the nature of death? What happens when we die? Well, naturally, there are many people who have had a near-death experience. They have gone through the tunnel. They have seen the light. They have come into the presence of the divine light. Sometimes they have gone through other dimensions and have seen other spirits or souls or entities on their journey. Usually, they will go, as we have heard, into what we call a school so that you can revisit that which you have accomplished or not accomplished in the physical plane in this manifestation. And then for a time, uh, you are, uh, let's say, redeveloped. 
your development is continued, and then you reincarnate and come back again. So you have no doubt, do you, that we have a soul, that we have something entirely separate from our physical beings that continues upon physical death? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, is that wound in the principles, understandings, and teachings of uh, the practice of the craft um, as much as it is out in the Christian world? I believe that every tradition and culture, no matter what the religious teachings are, okay, have the spirit, the soul, and the reincarnation thereof. If I was a complete neophyte, which I'm not because I have personal close-in experience with uh, the craft, as it were, but if, if I were a complete neophyte and I, and I said to you, come on, magic, give me a break. That's stuff I see on TV or in the movies. Magic is hooey. Magic is baloney. Magic is a carnival thing. It's not real. It's not real. It convince me. Convince me it's real. Well, if you were talking about the stage magician, I would have to agree. Oh, but I'm not. But I know. And so the magic that you speak of, I would have to say, was uh, the science of mankind in the beginning. It was the path that led us through nature and the elements to that which is the divine. That is the communication with the divine. So ma- magic, magic. you're saying magic then is natural. Yes. Right? It's a natural thing. It's as natural as the wind and the sun and the earth and the things that we know. And it's in our DNA and it's in our soul. Why? Why then? Uh, well, I guess I, I know the answer to my own question. I was going to say, why then do we burn practitioners of it at stakes? Uh, well, or we did at one time, and now we do it socially if we don't do it in actual practice. People like you are, you know. Fear of the unknown. Fear <laughs> of the power. Of the magic. Unknown. You think so? Magic is very powerful art and dangerous in the wrong hands. And usually it is the negative aspect that is brought to the surface, that which is, uh, let's say, the media will uh, pay attention to. And so it fosters fear. And uh, just as they burned them at the stake hundreds of years ago, they still have uh, repercussions today. Mm-hmm. Yes, you bet. Having somebody like you on the air has its uh, repercussions, believe me, because, well, I don't know why. I, I guess it is fear. You know, I guess it really is a very basic fear inside of people of the unknown, but maybe there's reason to be afraid, Evelyn. Like I said, power <laughs> is a double-edged sword, and it is the hand of the wielder of the power, whether it is going to be positive or negative, and yes, it should be feared. Well, most of the in quotes here, witches that I've spoken with in the past and over the years I've tried to talk to many, most um, say they only are a white witch, a Wicca person, and there is no such thing as dark magic. There's no such thing as negative energy of that kind. They say it doesn't work. You can try all day long to do something negative with magic. And you can't do it. It just can't be done. That's the way the universe works, they say. All is love and light. Well, I don't know what tradition or sect of (laughs) Wiccan that you are talking to. I know that they have a balance. I know that they do not want, okay, to harm another. That is their principle. But 
I cannot believe that they would not say that evil or negativity or the dark forces do exist because they do. I have always been and will always be. If they choose not to manifest or to use it, that's one thing. But to say it does not exist, I, I don't believe that. Well... I think the reason perhaps they say that is they just don't want... It has a lot to do, after all, with belief and faith and things, and maybe they feel that if they say that, that people will just conclude that and, 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 and think that way. And, that's and they won't be persecuted. Hmm. So, in other words, if I keep telling you all I do is practice white magic, you're going to say, well, all right, she's safe. Okay, she's safe, so therefore there's no fear. They're only going to practice white magic. But there is... No color in magic. Magic is neutral. So if I I have knowledge and I have power, it is my responsibility where I direct that power or that action. And it's either going to be black or white, depending on my target. Huh. Well, the word. What am I going to do with it? The word target alone uh, implies sort of the negative. (laughs) Well, yeah, because I practice. Yeah. Magic. I mean, if it was good, you'd say the recipient. <laughs> well, if you're justified, then you're going to get it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I am not the kind of a witch, never have been, where I say the only thing I practice is white magic. Mm. No, I do not. I am a spiritual warrior. I fight negative energy. I fight evil. I fight the servants of evil. And where I find them, I attack Servants of evil. Are there many of those, Evelyn? Servants you have of evil? no idea. There are countless, hundreds upon hundreds of thousands. Yes. Here's an email I got from uh, uh, somebody earlier tonight, and uh, they say that their life has gone from, I won't name this person, bad to worse, that everything negative that could possibly happen has happened to this person, that uh, if there's luck, they've had anti-luck. In in every aspect of their life, things have come down on them like brick walls. I mean, this is a way of life for this person. And they're wondering uh, if, how, <laughs> you know, for so many things, we have a little test we can do. Is there any little test somebody can do to find out if they are the target of something like that? Uh, I'll tell you, first of all, most people, after a period of time, will realize whether they're in a negative cycle or whether they are under psychic attack. Your own inner being, your own senses, your skin acts like a radar. It will tell you. Your guts inside will tell you there's something wrong. This is not a cycle. Yeah, okay, well, this person really, really does feel something is wrong. I mean, can you, you know, there are the old songs and sayings about uh, running into the wrong person and doing the wrong thing and having a spell put on you. These spells are real. They can be done. These spells are not only real, they are being done, have always been, and will continue to be by those practitioners uh, who will want to harm another individual yes they work they work so they can be very if you wished to do it you could put a spell on somebody which would turn their life into a negative nightmare yes very much so i can i can touch them in different aspects of their lives in different arenas i can go after them financially and break them 
I can ruin their relationships with their family and their loved ones and their mate. I can create havoc within their health system. I can attack them emotionally as well as in the nervous system. And I can also attack them mentally. That's pretty much it, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so you could just literally take a person down. Are there consequences to you for doing that? If I was not justified, yes. If I had a predator, if I had a person, uh, let me give you an example. Uh, recently, in fact, uh, the person was on Celebrity Justice just Friday. Uh, an employee and friend of mine uh, had gotten involved with a man that was a con artist. And she was taken very badly. She was abused and she was used. And she was left holding the bag of thousands of dollars of bills. Now, this man was a con artist before he met her and continued to be after he left. Mm -hmm. What I did was a ritual to turn his natural tendencies of con and manipulation against him. Now, I did this ritual approximately four and a half months ago. Ironically, Thursday morning, he was arrested and is now incarcerated. Oh. And this is the gentleman that tried to uh, solve Kobe Bryant's problem. Oh. Oh. That man. Yeah. Yuri. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, my God. Really? So there's one way of taking a predator not only off the scene, but getting justification. And he had... Um, whoever this was, he had uh, in some way cheated. Uh, cheated, abused, ran should up I say, Would I say dollars. your client? Your client? Would that be your client or your... My friend and employee. Uh -huh. She did not want to come to me when she finally did because he had left and had all these tremendous bills and found out all of the things that had been done. Plus, I heard the story of what he did to her. I... Wow. What, what kind of ritual, uh, without giving me absolute specifics, because I'm not sure we want to give that out on the air, but, I mean, what kind of ritual would you go through to manifest that kind of ending for this person? Well, I would make an effigy of the individual, which is a representation of that person, imitative magic. Almost like voodoo. Right. Then I would take that, which is in sympathy with the body, and I have now established a connection and a link I have used a black reverse image candle, so what I am doing is reversing everything that he has done on himself. And then I am bringing down a light, a spotlight, so that he will be found out, that he will be caught, and that he will be incarcerated. And I see it in action. See, what is above becomes manifested below. So once I create it in the astral plane, once I have manifested it there, then it can come down into the physical plane, and it will get its results. Where does the power come from that you call upon to, to, to do this? Where, where does that power come from? Well, the first thing I do is I do what we call a raising of power, and that is the power of myself, the personal power. Then what I do is a drawing of power. I will pull in entities, elements, spirits, whatever it is that is necessary in order to accomplish the task. So there are others, elements, elementals that you can call upon yes. to assist you. I call on the elements. I will call upon the watchers. I will call on a, on a specific entity or deity that will help me and aid me and assist me in accomplishing my goal.
is there is there any way that you know that what you this spell that you have cast uh, has taken effect? I mean, is it immediate? Is it two weeks, three weeks, a few months, as you mentioned, or do these things always happen right away, or do they sometimes take time? Or are, are, do you know the way they're going to manifest? I mean, do you know he's going to end up in handcuffs on the way to jail? That's what I saw. How it was going to come about, I did not know. I just put it out there, and I see it in its completion. Now, depending on what the ritual is, it can be an immediate reaction, or it can be something that may take a little bit of time. When you're dealing with a person, especially one of that ill repute, you realize that they are going to increase their, uh, let's say, con, and so therefore they're going to become more and more daring. So what you're doing is waiting for the ultimates where they're going to be caught, hmm. where they're going to do something and make a mistake, and you make sure that that's what happens. Yet you give them false pride, false ego, false power, and then you destroy them. So really, uh, it wouldn't matter what they would endeavor to do. It would go all wrong. When I got done with them, yeah. <laughs> And I'm being very sincere, Art. It's not something I do often. Uh, yes. All right, but when it is justified, yeah, I will. Well, there's a lot of good and evil in the world, uh, to be sure. And uh, in terms of going to get someone who's done evil, uh, I, would, I wouldn't think there'd be any shortage of targets. No, there aren't. But, you know, now let's take it on a smaller plane. Let's, let's say you have a predator. I have an awful lot of my clients that are interstate truckers. Oh. And they're worried about hijacking. Well, they're sure. They're worried about sure. things sabotage. Sure. And competition. Well, what I have told them is that they can do what we call a thought form or a familiar, and you can create, let's say, the panther or the wolf as a protector, not only of yourself, but of that truck or that vehicle or that car or that Suburban. And therefore, let's say um, someone is going to attempt to either hijack you. What they would see as you would walk to your car or to your truck is that you had an animal with you. And what was waiting in that car or truck was another. (laughs) And so usually the culprits will say, let's go find something that's a little easier. Well, sure. Yeah, sure. But they would they would see Oh yes, manifestation of a thought form. Yes. Huh. Mm-hmm. You know, you know that's interesting because I've had so many emails of strange unexplainable occurrences from people that are on the highway. Obviously, we have a lot of listeners who are in trucks at this time of night, you know, headed out into the night across the interstates of this uh country. And you, and you've helped out a number of them, huh? Yes, I have, and I've got so many wonderful testimonials. <laughs> I mean, they can't wild. believe it, but once they first evoke and conjure and create a thought form and give it life, its energy, it will manifest. Well, when we get back in a moment, uh, we're, at, we're at a break point here. When we get back... Uh, we'll continue talking about... We're not going to exclusively, now mind you, talk about the wicked sides of magic. But we are going to cover an awful lot of it. I had no idea it was out, out there on the highways and the interstates across our nation. Fascinating. My guest is Evelyn Paglini. Strange 
reach Art Bell in the Kingdom of Nye from west of the Rockies, dial 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may reach Art at 1-775-727-1222 or use the wild card line at 1-775-727-1295. To reach Art on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell on the Premier Radio Networks. From the high desert town of Pahrump, Nevada. Good morning, everybody. And it is morning in most time zones we're serving, but not all. My guest is a witch, Dr. Evelyn Paglini. And we are talking about the craft. You can stay right where you are. There is much ahead. A fact uh, not all of you may be aware of, my wife Ramona is a practitioner to some degree of the craft, and when I go into our backyard, aside from that which is growing that I love and eat on a frequent basis, she grows those for me, there's this gigantic uh, field of herbs I mean, Evelyn, we have herbs growing from stem to stern out there, all kinds of strange herbs that give off um, a, a very unusual, not bad, but a very unusual smell. And she's taken to growing all these herbs. They're one of the tools. Are they not of the craft? What do herbs do? What is, what's it all about? Well, I'll tell you one thing. They've always had roots and herbs and barks and spices. And they've been used by, oh, God, the wise men to replenish their energies and to cure the sick. Uh, you can nourish the body. You can also uh, present it to your deities. They have a vibration. They have an energy. And when tapped into, they can be utilized as a tool, as an aid. Yes. If you want to protect your home, you could use some rue or some five-finger grass, or some bodo leaves. And in what way would that protect your home? Because it is a protectant. It sets up a shield. It sets up a barrier. Hmm. And so, therefore, those people that would, let's say, want to come in and wish you ill will or yes. wish you harm, yes. that would be absorbed by those herbs. Also, they would be uncomfortable and not want to stay. Huh. And that's only one way. Of course, you use herbs magically, too. Yes. Um, so but, that's but, why but, 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 I'm very they, proud of her, that she's growing so many herbs. But they would have an effect on somebody that that somebody wouldn't even realize. It would turn them away from an otherwise negative action toward you. That's really interesting. Yes. And also, you can use certain herbs in order for, let's say, to uh, bring luck to help you in a court case uh, or a lawsuit. Uh, there are herbs that you can use for attraction, for, again, repelling. Um, there are Each has its own vibration and its own what we call calling out or magnetizing to well, you or repelling from you. They're part of the natural world, aren't they? Yes, like essential oils. Uh, essential oils, another tool. Another tool. They're not only used for anointing, right, but they can be used for the consecration of your instruments, the consecration of the image candles that you would be using. They are worn. They are placed on your chakras in order to open up 
a specific area of your chakra. They are also used when you are going to call down, evoke, or invoke a deity, a spirit, an entity. So there's multi-uses. Not only can you use them in the home to create an atmosphere, to bring in a vibration, you can also use it to put, again, a protectant. Rosemary and rose geranium are excellent, as well as myrrh for a protectant. I mean, if you want to protect yourself from evil and negativity coming through, take any one of those oils I mentioned, draw a circle, place a a four-quarter cross right in the center, and then say it out loud and firmly that there is no evil or negativity that can cross this threshold. And do likewise by placing it, let's say, on the headboard of your bed or on the wall if you don't have a headboard. Once again, draw a circle, place a cross in the center of it. And then this time say, there is no evil or negativity that can cross this barrier. I wonder sometimes how much evil there is. You know, I've interviewed some of the the real McCoy best exorcists in the world and uh, many involved with the church, and they assure me that evil is not only all around us, Evelyn, but that it is on the increase. It is rampant. That there is evil everywhere, and you can feel it. You can know that is so. Yes. Uh, and these are the tools that you would use to keep it away from from you personally. Yes, and from your family, from your loved ones. You can put shields of protection around your loved ones, your family, your home. What's the difference, um, Evelyn, between luck and... And fate, and luck versus fate. I mean, is there real luck? I guess you would say there there is, right? Uh, you, you can make your own luck to some degree? To some degree, you make your own luck as well as you can create your own destiny. Because if you have the knowledge, then what you're going to use are those tools. You're going to use the elements. You're going to use that which you can to aid you and assist you in getting your goals and bringing in luck, opening up doors of opportunity. Okay, well, this is not something that it seems like you just go to your local library and, you know, tools for good luck and uh, how to cast spells and witchcraft and all the rest of it. Uh, If you wanted to learn this, and if you were willing to regard this as a natural thing, not, not an not an abnormal type of thing that's really wicked in some way, but as part of the natural world, and you wanted to begin to experiment with this, how would you begin? How would you start to learn? The most important thing is to get a good foundation, and that would be to learn meditation and visualization. The development of the mind is foremost. Once that is accomplished... Now you can enter into the knowledge of, let's say, candle burning, the psychology of color and its use. Then you can go into, as I had mentioned before, imitative and sympathetic magic. From then, you can, if you really want to continue and you want to grow, Mm -hmm. then you're going to get involved with how to set up an altar, how to cast a circle, how to use your instruments and your tools, how to do evocation and summation, how to call in the elements, the forces, and the vibrations, how to use the spirits of those elements, 
and then, of course, to go into other dimensions and then to be able to use other spirits and entities in those dimensions and in those planes of existence in order to assist you. Is there anything wrong with using magic to your own benefit, not just in the protective sense, for example, but in the enrichment sense? Oh, uh, absolutely is, not. In fact, that's what you're supposed to do. You are supposed to allow and attract prosperity and wealth and success to you. <laughs> the balance the, the is, reason I'm laughing is because one of your questions here was, is magic used in big business corporations is it used in the entertainment field and so here i'm closing my eyes and thinking about the executives at premier running around a desk and sticking pins in a doll or something <laughs> yeah, but you see that is the choice but the but are they using it? are they yes no i don't mean just premier but i mean a large business in general are uh, in some of these boardrooms are things going on that might surprise us in the entertainment field as well as in the corporate field, there is magic that is being used. Not always in a positive fashion. Uh, I can imagine. Uh, recently, in the entertainment field alone, especially in the music industry, the last seven or eight years, an awful lot of voodoo, uh -huh. an awful lot of Santeria and black magic is being used against the celebrities. Really? So, really? You, oh, yeah. Magic here in Hollywood is very, very strong and very much alive. Aren't much you? more than we would imagine out here. You right? have no idea. Apparently None. not. Apparently not. Um, there is a curse that has been placed on a young lady that caused not only the marriage to be called off, but her to run to a psychic to try and find out and to do a ritual to try and get the person back. Unbeknowns, there is a curse placed that this young lady will never have lasting love and happiness. We're not talking J-Lo here, are we? Yes, we are. Ah, I thought maybe we were. Oh, my. <laughs> yes, we so, are. Uh, you're saying she's uh, availing herself of... Uh... She has availed herself, and unfortunately that she has someone very powerful working against her. Um, you have to wonder, the leaders of business, uh, the very successful and rich, those who are in show business and who are doing very, very well. As well as the leaders of nations and countries and religious factors. Um, yes, I'll tell you, some of our presidents and first ladies have made some of the oddest comments about communication with the dead, and somehow the media, uh, you know, treats it very lightly. But, I, I mean, these are first ladies and presidents and leaders of nations, as you point out, mm -hmm. and you think they're much more familiar with the craft, let's say, or aspects of it than uh, we would imagine. And if they here. personally are not, they have in their employ those who are. <laughs> my, my. Um... Is there any way to know, um, uh, sitting out here, uh, those who are employing such techniques and those who are not? Or, or is it so invisible that there's no way? If you are going to hone and focus your attention on a particular area or group or society, yes, you can find out if they are using magic. And then you can learn the kind of magic they are using and learn to combat it, to block it, 
or to lessen it. In what, in what way would you find out that some person or group is using magic? How would you endeavor to glean that knowledge? Well, first of all, once you have the target, what you're going to do is you are going to send an astral projection. It's like a shadow person. Hear the wording? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. There to visit like a familiar. Anyway, it's like a spy. God knows there's Like remote viewing? Yes, yes, yes. And therefore you are seeing what practices they are doing. The type of rituals they are doing. And so you're... What entities or beings are they calling upon? Are they doing blood sacrifices? <laughs> there's a lot of that going on? Oh, yes. And I don't always mean animal. Uh, why is that effective? Why is a blood sacrifice, why is a death in a cause a meaningful thing? Why? Depending on the tradition, let me just say that they've always mentioned that the metal of the gods is gold, the conduit, and that the nectar of the gods is blood. It is the life force, it is the energy, it carries much. And so therefore when offered, it is replenished in another way. It is appeasing to certain deities, certain forces and elements and gods that have been called upon in order to, let's say, use their powers to wreak havoc. Yes, but certainly no god that I'm familiar with or have been told about uh, in my sort of Christian existence would be pleased or grant power to those who bled something to death or somebody to gain power. That's not where it would come from. No, but see, centuries ago, almost every religion out there had a sacrifice, right. a blood sacrifice. Right. Today, in modern traditions, including Catholicism, that sacrifice is done symbolically. Like the blood and the wine? Sure. Okay? And so, therefore, is true. it still carries symbolically its essence. But there are traditions, there are societies, there are groups and organizations out there, religious factors, who do not want to use the modern symbology. They use the old ways, and they will use animal and human sacrifice. They do not do it symbolically. And that is, that is a way to gain some great power? Yes. It is much power that is gained because of the specific deity or entity that is being called upon. There is also one religious factor or tradition out there that their own scriptures, their own documents, their own testaments call or blood sacrifice. And they are very powerful in an existence today. Just um, look to the Middle East, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, yes. Um, there are many who ask, then, why isn't this kind of power wielded against the Saddam Husseins, the um, Osama bin Ladens, the really bad guys, or has it been? 
It has been, but not on the scale that it should be, because here in the Western world, there are not many That's... practitioners, and certainly those that are, are not united. Isn't that the truth? I mean, here, as compared to elsewhere in, in Europe, the world... Yeah. Yeah, in Europe, it's being done, has been done in the past, was done against Hitler and succeeded, uh, has been done in Italy and in Greece and in Egypt. It is here in the Western world that we have to play a little catch-up. Hmm. But we are. More uh, and more people, because of what is going on, the tremendous rays of consciousness, their own sixth sense, their own intuition has been rising to the surface. Their interest in magic in the paranormal, in the power of the mind, has increased tenfold. Magic, of course, um, can be used for lighter, cheerier things as well. For example, for example, um, a woman can get her man, can't she? Yes, she can. <laughs> through the use of this this sort of thing. I, I, and this is going to perk up a lot of ears out there, I'm sure. Or the opposite, I would imagine, a man can get his woman. Uh, if you really wanted to attract somebody to you, um, what manner would you use? How would you do that? And how successful can you imagine it would be? If you're a person that's just starting out, again, if you don't have a real good foundation in meditation and visualization, then let's say you'd have to repeat it uh, several times only because your power isn't there. Mm -hmm. But what you would do is use, again, that's the psychology of color. You would use the color of red. And you would use, let's say, an image candle, which is a wax figure. And it comes in a gender of either a male or a female. Yes. And what it, you would use would be an essential oil of, like, attraction or come to me or compelling. And what you would do is, because you don't have a particular person in mind, you just want to, let's say, open up the field and bring some in. Well, I'd be well, careful about that, but I, no, let's assume that, I mean... Oh, you have a specific person. Yeah, let's assume that you have a specific person. Oh, well, sure. honey, then we can really play. <laughs> Well, let, let, let's say we can have a specific red male image candle. Yeah. And let's use love spire because we've already, you know, want to ignite the libido and the passion. Yes. We'd use a red female image candle to represent, let's say, the female who's trying to attract him. And we would start him out, ooh, a good maybe 12 inches apart. Huh. Now, what you're going to do is you're going to consecrate each image candle. Are you, you want me to do this? Oh, well, no. Uh, no hold on. You uh, want me to, I mean, you know. Well, no, because I don't know what the consequences are. You mean do it right now. In other words, I'm telling a person exactly what to do. Well, well yeah. They're going to consecrate it in their first and last name. They're going to consecrate it in the name of the individual they're trying to attract. And they're going to use an essential oil to consecrate. Then they're going to light the candle. And they're going to do a meditation and a visualization, okay, where they are attracting that person to them. Now, you're, I guess you were asking, is it wise to give all these details? Is that essentially what you're asking? Yes. Um, hmm. I hadn't thought about that aspect of it. Uh, so we're at a break. Let me think about that aspect of it, and we'll be right back. Evelyn Paglini is my guest. Uh, yeah, you know... 
I don't think it'd be too bad to tell people how to get other people. Right? Or would it? of the Rockies at 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may recharge at 1-775-727-1222. The wild card line is open at 1-775-727-1295. And to call out on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell from the Kingdom of Nod. Whether you know it or not, you are on ride. This is uh, this is very interesting stuff. This is magic. This is Dr. Evelyn Paglini, a real witch. And yes, in a moment, I think we'll proceed exactly from where we were, and we'll talk about how you can get him or how you can get her. I mean, what the heck? Why not? Once again, Dr. Evelyn Paglini, come on, let's do it. Uh, here's to a Dan in a place called Arden. I don't know where that is. Says, Art, go ahead, encourage her to tell us how to do a, a magic love spell. Is something it's co- something instructive that people can test and prove or disprove the validity of the idea to themselves, the results in spiritual awareness and growth. Or Todd in Santa Rosa, California, here you go. Please ask Evelyn if she'd do a love spell for me to find my soulmate. I'm 36. I'm an utter failure at dating. I want to be a father, but time's running out, I feel could be a coast-to-coast AM experiment. I'll write reports for the show, he says. Well, first of all, I do not do rituals for others. What I do is teach them how to do it for themselves. And that was the question, and we were in the middle of explaining how to do that. So let's rock now, right through it again. I, before I do that, I have to preface something. Uh-huh. Number one, this is for those people who either have a person 
in mind a relationship that is already going, and they want to take it to the next level. I need balance here, Art. I do not want people where they are going to try and force another person to become a robot and to love them and be with them against their will. This is not what magic is for. Like a Stepford wife. Yes. <laughs> so I need to preface it before I say this. Please, this is to be used to heighten a relationship, to bring it to the next level of intensity. But but written between the lines there has to be the fact that you could use it that other way, eh? That's correct, and I'm glad you brought that up, because now you understand the difference between black and white magic. <laughs> well, good. That was a question. Uh, that would be the difference. Okay, but... for your action. All right, fine. Let's take the, the wider aspect of this. You just want to enhance a relationship, all right? You want to go to the next level. That's, I think, the way you put it. Yes. Uh, and you would do exactly what? All right. First of all, let's take what ABCs. We're going to take a female individual gender wax figure okay. and a male gender wax figure you're going to dress the candle that means that you are going to use an essential oil that is conducive for what you are about to do how do you, how do you know what that is well, because you are going to enhance a relationship and we're dealing oh, with... Oh, no, no, love. no, I understand. I mean, how do you know which oil, for example, you would want to use? How many choices are there? There are many. I gave suggestions of Love Spire, Compelling, Come to Me. These are all kind of like perfume titles? <laughs> they are essential oils, honey, that are a blend. And they can be used in order to bring that person to you and for him to or her, okay, to feel the emotion that you are sending. Gotcha. Once you have dressed the candle, and there's a particular way of doing it, all right, you would hold the candle in the center. Mm -hmm. And after you have put the essential oils on your power hand, that means if you're left-handed or right-handed, mm -hmm. You would put the essential oils in the first three fingers of your power hand. You would pick up the image candle holding it in the center. I'll tell you about the center later. You're going to slide your hand from the center to the top of the head, from the center to the bottom of the feet. Then you're going to consecrate the image candle first in your first and last name and then in his first and last name. Uh -huh. Now, there are specific words. Those words would be... Are you ready, Art? I think so. I consecrate thee in the name of your first and last name. Then you add, whatsoever I visualize shall be done to you. <laughs> so be it. It is done. Now, remember the center of the candle? Here's yes. where we're going to have sympathetic magic. Let's get something that belongs and that is in with sympathy to the body of the person that you are working on. A strand of their hair. Correct. Um, something. A thread of their clothing. Yeah. And you are going to infuse it in the center of that wax figure that represents that person that is the subject. <laughs> Once infused, now you have... Not only the imitative link, but the sympathetic link. You light the candle, and for those that are just starting out, I would recommend, 
a half an hour to 45-minute meditation visualization. Now, let me stop for a minute. I would like you to take the two candles. The one that is representing you is going to be on the left-hand side. The one that is representing the subject is on the right-hand side. You're going to put them approximately 12 inches apart from each other. Mm-hmm. Now, they are lit. And now you have started your meditation and your visualization. And this is where the development of the mind and the technique of visualization and the focusing your attention like a laser beam is most important. Because you are going to, in your mind's eye, create like a movie. And the action must come from the subject toward you. Let's say you want to want that person to come to you more often, be with you more often. So what you're going to do is you're going to see him coming on a plane, on a train, on a boat. Any way he can get to you, he's got to get to you. Right. He needs you. He wants you. He desires you. He cannot live without you. He needs to touch you. He needs to be in your vibration, in your essence. You, you see where I'm going? Yo, oh, yes. <laughs> okay, after a half an hour to 45 minutes of always... Not feeling what you want to feel, how you feel toward that person, but how you want that person to respond and to act toward you. That's very important. Mm-hmm. Isn't a person likely to overdo it? I mean, you gave us cautions there. You don't want to end up, you said, with a robot. But when you're visualizing a love um, and you have a passion and you... Uh, that's almost what you're going to wish, isn't it? Uh, it's almost what you're going to visualize. It's almost what you're going to project. Don't you have to be awfully careful? I mean, how, if you do it wrong, how wrong can it go? You're not going to do it wrong because if you're coming from love, if you're coming from spirit, if you're coming from essence and balance, uh-huh. then what you are going to say to that person is that when you come to me, there is safety, there is goodness, there is protection, there is understanding, there is humor. In other words, you're drawing that person to you because you care, because you know you love them and you want them to not have fear of being in love with you. So it's not going to go wrong unless you are forcing that individual. Well, that's kind of where I was going. In other words, when when you are... When you have unrequited love, when you are just absolutely passionately consumed by somebody, what you envision and what you wish is liable to be way over the top in terms of what you need to do, isn't it? Uh, Yes, and if you're a good practitioner and you're going against and out of balance, you will succeed. (laughs) Well, right. You will get that person. Will you be happy? No. Will that person be happy? No. Will you have karmic payback? Yes. But you can do it. But you can do it. And I would think somebody in that position would very easily go overboard. Uh, In general, with magic, uh, Evelyn, how wrong, in the hands of somebody who doesn't know what they're doing or makes a very large mistake, how wrong can it go? In in other words, how important it is, uh, is it to really know what you're doing? Because it, it, it could potentially go totally wrong, right? You can take a life. You could take a life. Yes. You can start a chain reaction that will feed upon itself and you can actually cause that individual 
life's essence force to be destroyed. And that's the ultimate, isn't it? I Well, in this life, uh, yeah. yes. So everything else would be superficial, but they can start at the bottom and work their way up and ultimately take the person's life force. You have to have balance. You have to have an understanding. You have to have a background. You've got to know what you're doing, and you've got to take responsibility for your action. You can't pass the buck. Yeah. You can't say the devil made me do it. How was all of this knowledge, uh, even the specific knowledge about, for example, how to get somebody attracted to you? I mean, that's the information you gave us is awfully specific. How in the world, and maybe you can't answer this, was this ever discovered and then passed on and taught through generations. How was this originally conceived? I think it was through trial and error. Uh-huh. Um, in other words, uh, just look... There are basic, again, basic natural instincts that people are going to want to follow. And as they developed the knowledge of nature and the elements, they started using that in order to get their desires. That's what magic is, the manipulation of energy forces, vibrations, in order to achieve your desired results. Hmm. I was just wondering if there was some specific religion or order in the very ancient days that developed this in it, some way that you're aware of. It goes back tens of thousands of years. Yeah. Yes. It All right. predates the Etruscans and the Romans and the Egyptians. It has been found in ancient Mesopotamia. This has been around a long time, and it has been handed down from generation to generation, Let, from culture to culture. Let's cross the border one more time, white to black. Uh, with regard to black magic, uh, this is David in Bullhead City, Arizona, uh, who says, and this is one I really want you to answer, he says, black magic can only affect those who believe it's real. You believe it's phony, it can't touch you. Magic works whether you believe it or not. It is the practitioner who makes it happen. You don't have to believe it. He, and he, it crosses he's taking, miles. Yeah, there he's, is no distance. He's taking this from voodoo, you know, where, uh, you know, it is said that a person has to believe that evil can be done to them for it to be done to them. And if they don't believe it, then it's gone. It can't well, not you. just voodoo art. You know, I'm going to tell you something. In early witchcraft, they used to have a saying, 60% of witchcraft is suggestibility. Right. But it's the other percentage you've got to worry about. And the a practitioner 40%. like me, that's what you've got to worry about. And there's no question about that. In other words, I could think your phony is a $2... Uh, $3. Yeah, well, so did Yuri. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it wouldn't make any difference if you decided to come and get me. I would. You're mine. Yeah. Um. How long have you been? I guess all your life. All Ellen? of my life. All of your life. I have a heritage that dates back thousands of years. I'm a Tuscany witch, a strega. If somebody needs something done, um. Uh, Evelyn, um, would they be better off uh, trying to learn the basics of how to do what they want done or coming to somebody of your caliber? I prefer people to have the knowledge themselves. Once gained, they can use it in other areas. Well, I hear you saying what you would prefer. I, I'm just saying that if uh, if you want something done, something big and 
business or somebody who has wronged you or, you know, it's going to be a major operation of some sort. Uh, is this something an amateur really can, can tackle or, or not? Most amateurs cannot. You will have to seek out a practitioner, mm. and you have to seek out one that is trustworthy, one that has a background of balance in order to help you or to assist you. I still would recommend that the person learn how to protect themselves or how to learn the magic for themselves. Mm -hmm. I've, only because I've heard horror stories, Art. Uh, like what? Well, people have gone to, let's say, uh, specific medicine men or shamans or witches that are going to perform a ritual for them. They have uh, paid dearly, all right, and have not had anything taken care of. All they've been done is taken to the cleaners. To the cleaners, yeah. And so, therefore, uh, when something that important, unless you really know someone, unless there is... Someone is going to give you someone of excellent reputation. I would prefer the person learn it for themselves. Well, I don't do ritual for others because I haven't got enough nights in my life, okay, to do rituals. All right, but if magic is as you suggest it is, and this powerful, and you can really cause people to take paths, for example, they would not otherwise take, then what about our leadership in this country? What about targeting? political figures like the president of the united states like the oh yeah whoever um, well, that's always been done with has it yeah it's always been done it's always been tried it's always had magic as an influence there is sometimes a succession because remember there is an opposing factor but yeah it has been used well i mean if that's true, then it, it may be that our national policy, whatever it happens to be at the moment, is shaped by a force not inside the White House at all. Well, there's always been a rumor that uh, there is a uh, governing body that is within the government that no one knows thereof. And Do you know anything about that? Pardon me? Do you know anything about that? Let's say that there are many societies out there that have uh, excellent hidden agendas. And they certainly practice magic. Very well practitioners, very proficient practitioners. Uh, hmm. So you, um, you cite the, the, the rumor that there could be others actually pulling the strings. Do, do you... Yes, from England to the Middle East to... Uh, here in America. Do you, Matt, do, do you believe that to be, you believe that to be true? I believe that to be true. <laughs> there uh, is uh, several societies. Art, let me tell you something. I have recently shut down an, an avenue that I was involved with for many, many years, and that was infiltration of secret societies. And because, um, let's say, uh, the voice all right, is a little bit too well known. I have now uh, discontinued that aspect of me. You were infiltrating secret societies? I infiltrated secret societies and cults, yes. I've done that for more than 25 years. Toward what end? To find out what they were about and to let those in uh, the know uh, also be aware of what they were doing and what their existence was. 
how much how far they were taking it. How much did you find? How much of that is going on? A lot. A I, lot. I mean, people imagine that, and we hear about conspiratorial groups and secret societies that pull strings and get things done, and you're saying, yes, they're, they really are out there. And... and they really do exist. And they do have their rituals, and they do have their meetings, and there are times, well, depending true. on uh, who is sponsoring you, you may be privy to the fringe of it. You're right about that. These societies are well known for having, I, I mean, just sort of being built on ritual aren't they? Yes, and they stem, they find their lineage, their heritage also dates back thousands upon thousands of years. But you said you got out of it because your voice is so well known. Yeah. All right. In other words, I, I tried to be as silent as I could. Uh-huh. All right, but uh, it, the last one, um, let's just say there was a lot of danger there. Oh. And I had to... Uh, I had to remove myself. Oh. I can play incognito and I have for a long time, and that's why there's not many pictures of me anywhere. But uh, the voice was starting to give me away. I had several people ask about photographs of you, and you're right. There aren't very many, are there? No. And now I, there can be because, so like I said, I shut down that aspect. <laughs> sometime we'll talk about uh, the Illuminati. Oh, by all means, let's do that. Uh, creatures of the night indeed, that's what we are. From the high desert, this is Coast to Coast AM.
the Kingdom of Nye from west of the Rockies at 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may reach Art at 1-775-727-1222. And the wild card line is open at 1-775-727-1295. To reach Art on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell from the Kingdom of Nye. There's actually magic in the music, you know. Good uh, morning, everybody. We have an actual witch with us this morning, and I want to give you an opportunity to talk to her and ask her questions yourself. And I rather suspect that's what we're going to be doing here shortly. So your instrument for now is the telephone, and you you know how to get to us, right? I receive all these messages courtesy of Fast Blast, which is available on the website. You can send me a quick message. And I am being besieged with people asking me to broach the subject of the shadow people with uh, Evelyn. And uh, this is something that, I don't know, a couple years ago or more, we stumbled on here. In an incredible manner, um, somebody called in one of the open line segments, I think, uh, Evelyn, and mentioned that they could see these flitting little unknown shadowy figures sort of in the corner of the peripheral vision moving about. And uh, you touched on them earlier in the program tonight, and I do want to touch on them. They surely are there. There's something around us and with us and in the shadows, and what are these things, these shadow people? We have a multitude of variations. That is why there are some people who are only getting a glimpse of a shadow out of the corner of their eye. Others see them full on, coming right at them. Yes. There are those that have described them only as a shadowy figure, sometimes almost in human form, or cloaked. Others have seen them in animal. That's right. And so what we are dealing with are not only spirits and entities, but we are dealing with other dimensional beings that because the veil is being lifted and our own psychic ability and consciousness is being raised, we are able to perceive them. (laughs) Now, many experiences, there has been noted that some of the shadow people do not know you are looking at them or are aware of them, and yet there are others that the moment they realize that you are perceiving them, immediately disappear. Exactly. So they are aware of your presence, and that says, uh, boy, does that say a lot. In other words, there's... Therefore, you're dealing with other dimensional beings as well as spirits and entities. Exactly. Now, you can also be dealing with, and this is something that most people are unaware of, and that which I am, and that is a shadow walker. In other words, you can project yourself in an out-of-body type of way. Mm -hmm. And that can be perceived in peripheral vision. Somebody could see you in that state, is what you're saying. That is correct. Hmm. And so that which you are perceiving may be a shadow walker like myself, another practitioner. But these shadows can also be many different things, no single... No single thing. That's why you're getting all the variations of descriptions 
And that's why the response of these beings, entities, and dimensional beings are different. Uh, well, one night I had a Native American on uh, Red Elk, and as an experiment, we asked people to draw precisely what it is that they see. And, all I don't know, we came up with 30 or 40 descriptions uh, that people had drawn and that we put on the website, and it took the man's breath away. I mean, he freaked out. That's right. Um, with all the different things that people were seeing, he's, he actually went through them one by one. Oh, my God, this is so-and-so. This is so-and-so. And he was describing uh, the various beings that the people were seeing. It was incredible. Listen, I, I want to open up the telephone lines. I really want to give people an opportunity to ask you questions or to interact with you. And I have no idea what we're about to face. I'm just going to open the lines and do but it. Can right? I do something first? We of did course. not finish the love ritual. Oh, oh, yes. And I yes. do have on my website, mysticalblend.com, love rituals on cassette tape and CD, as well as introduction to ritual for those people who want to get a foundation. And if they cannot get to a website, they can call me, and may I give that number out? Well, look, I also know that you have, uh, because my wife receives them, essential oils, uh, the the various accoutrements that somebody who is going to begin to practice the craft would use available, correct? Yes, I do. Yeah, all right. Sure, you can give a phone number. Of course you can. Uh, my phone number is 818 818- Four zero seven one nine five one, and for those people who would like a free brochure or catalog, they can write me at Paglini at P.O. Box five seven nine three two, Sherman Oaks, California nine one four one three. You're right down there where my network is, so you've been helping them out, haven't you? There's magic in these hills, honey. <laughs> in those hills, in <laughs> our hills. All right, that phone number was area code 818-407-1951, right? That is correct. And uh, people who would like these products might look at your website and then go to that, uh, call that number. People who need your services might call that number. People who want to learn more might call that number. I don't, I don't know. I do a lot of consultations where I design a ritual for those people who have a situation or a problem. Yeah, don't we all? All right, here we go. Uh, let's see what we get on the lines. First time caller line, you're on the air with uh, Dr. Evelyn Paglini. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, I am Wiccan. I've been practicing for 15 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I am also a law enforcement officer in the Midwest. I'll say the Midwest because uh, um, Dr. Evelyn, I'm sure, can understand why I don't tell my colleagues. Even I can understand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I use I use my craft in my work a lot. Really? Um, they may, call it my spider senses are tingling. <laughs> may, may I ask in, in what manner, without being specific, how would a police officer um, use such power in their work? Oh, I can I can see people when they're trying to hide from me. Um, I have the ability to detect better when they're lying to me or if there's something else that they're really doing wrong kind of thing. And wow. Also, um, my quote-unquote spider senses <laughs> um, have helped me um, to know when to look out for trouble. It saved my life quite a number of times. 
Wow. Uh, all right. Did you have a specific question for Evelyn? Yes. Um, originally, um, based on her last name, I was going to ask her if she is Stragan, but she already said that. She was Tuscan Stragan. Yes, um, I am a Tuscany Strega. Oh, yes. Oh, I love you. And I have anyway. a family in law enforcement, and they, too, like yourself, use their magic in their law enforcement capabilities. Well, I honestly believe that's why I'm able to even speak to you and I'm alive now. Anyway, my question is this. I am Italian as well. My family is from Sicily, and I've been studying quite a lot of um, Strega. Um, my question is, since I was raised Roman Catholic... So was I. Oh. <laughs> how were you able to... Uh, research your lineage as far as the craft was concerned because I can't even, I can't even mention this to anybody. I didn't family. have to research it, unfortunately, uh, for people like yourself. Uh, you don't have the family that is the tradition and has been using it for generations and I was initiated at four years old. So. You are so lucky. <laughs> That's why I share my knowledge, and thanks to Art Bell and Coast to Coast for the last six years, that's what I've been doing. I've been putting out enough information that people are at least getting the edge on their future and learning how to tap into nature and the elements to help themselves, well, as well I, as their family and their friends. I was drawn to it. I mean, I had no clue. It's just something that I knew I had to do, and I started with a book. And then read the next book, and next thing you know, I just knew it. Did, I just did, knew it. Uh, young lady, did all of this develop before you uh, became a police person or after? After. 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 And now I, I feel like I'm a much better officer as a result. However, I have to hide it. And that part I really don't like that much, but, you know, I, I have to do it. It's, I it's, have some good books. Ma'am, I have some good books uh, on my website as recommendations for the solitary practitioner. Okay. And I would suggest you go up there and look at it because it will not only reinforce that which you already have, but it will give you even a better foundation to use the tools in other aspects of your life. If it became known that you were practicing the craft within the police department, what do you think would happen to you? Oh, no. I live I live in the Midwest. We're Bible Belt here. I uh -huh. that would be it. Uh -huh. I mean, people here are well, I don't want to say everybody, but a lot of people here are behind the times. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I, I I hope you don't get a deluge of people calling because, you know, I, I don't mean to insult anybody whatsoever, but you know, it they're not as progressive here as, as other places. Or as you might have them be. All right. Well, thank you so much for the call. Thank you. And take care. And, Evelyn, uh, why is it that so many practitioners, this may be an out-of-line question totally, uh, were raised as Catholics? It depends on their background, but because, just like any other culture, you can be absorbed by that which is in the, the power well, I, I so mean, the Catholic Church is full of ritual, isn't it? Yes, it is. A very great deal of ritual. And so, therefore, uh, because they also believe in the one God, there is no uh, discrepancy. There is no fight. Mm -hmm. There, uh, I don't have any problem with Catholicism mm -hmm. and my own Genesean religion. 
I just... Can you imagine how much assistance uh, the knowledge that young lady that just called uh, is getting in her profession? How much assistance? Yeah. How much help uh, the craft is to her in her profession? If she became very proficient at it, it would increase by 80%. Uh, Wildcard line, you're on the air with Dr. Evelyn Paglini. Hello. Oh, wait a minute. Push the button, dummy. There you go. Um, Hello. Yes, sir. Hi. You're on the air. Hello. Uh, Ms. Pagellini? Yes. Uh, I have a question in reference to the terminology uh, hex. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your first under- name? My, what is your Michael. first name, sir? Michael. Michael, my, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. My question is related to, in the uh, word usage of uh, hex, I understood from a person who's both a physicist and into the mystical areas, and he tells me that the word hex has been misused, that it was actually a protective device, and that's been used uh, only about 14 times since the it's his knowledge uh, that the word hex is, is, a, is a term which has been misused, and people thought it was something evil. Is that true? Remember when I had mentioned that knowledge is a double-edged sword. I can place a hex that is a repellent, and therefore it would be a protectant agent. But I can also place a hex, which is like the evil eye, okay, on a person, and therefore I am casting a negative or a a negative spell. So the terminology can be used either or. Both are correct, sir. Okay. It is a tool. How you use the tool determines what it will do for you. Okay. All right. right. Thank you very much. Uh, Evelyn, what is the meaning of a pentagram? What, what, what is a pentagram and what, when you see them and you do see them from time to time? Well, it is the four cardinal points. It represents earth, air, fire, and water. Really? And then spirit. Uh-huh. It also represents the five physical senses tapped by the sixth sense or the opening of the crown chakra. When it is pointed up, it is the symbol of the pentacle, and in Wiccan terms, it is their symbol. When it is reversed, and it is two points up, mm-hmm. that is considered, unfortunately, today's day, modern technology would call it the horn god or the symbol for Satanism. And so when you are calling upon the dark forces, then you would use it in reverse. Is Satan real? Negative forces and evil entities most certainly are real and do exist. Um, Would anybody uh, be so crazy as to call on Satan? There are those who have, and there are those who will call on his underlings. Mm. There are minions that can be utilized. These dark forces are very willing and able to assist you. Mm. There's always a catch, though. <laughs> There's always a price to pay. Yeah, always a catch. Uh, East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Dr. Evelyn Paglini. Hello. Hi, Art. Hi. Nice to hear your voice again. Thank you. Where are you? Uh, 
North Central Texas. Okay. And and this, this is Amber. Okay. And blessed to be Evelyn. Blessed be to you. The question I originally had got blown out the window when you mentioned shadow walkers. Mm. Uh, when you mentioned that, I got this real strong energy surge. It was real, I guess you could say yucky. So the current question is, is are there, are the shadow walkers on the increase on the negative side of it? Are you the ability, that? many practitioners are not shadow walkers. It, it is an ability that is, uh, let's say, reserved for ceremonial and ritualistic or high magic. Okay. And it I'm, is on the increase. I will answer that question. Okay. It and is I, on the increase. I may be combining two things into the term shadow walker, too. Um, and I want to thank you for, be, for what you're saying and for implying the cautions and I you know I will back you up on that if you want to practice learn first thank you very much I appreciate that uh, are those the words of somebody who made a mistake no not somebody who <laughs> made a mistake somebody who practices I understand <laughs> well I, I, you I, know, I we all make some mistakes um, but I've always been very cautious all of my life even when I was not a the practicing. And what led you into practicing? Uh, that's a question that could get. I really. I don't see if I phrase that properly. <laughs> uh, well, before I was into the into the craft, I was a Christian, uh-huh. and uh, I had questions that couldn't be answered, that irritated people, and I always listened to my instincts, and that. They didn't like it. Uh, so, instinctually, you were pointed in this direction. Yes. Uh-huh. I'm also part Native American. Uh-huh. And, um... Why did that question set you back so far? I mean, what, 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 what was there that you didn't tell us that you probably should have? Well, I ended up basically telling you what I, you know, what the thing was. Because I, when I was a Christian, I was asking questions that they didn't want, want people to ask. Like... Who, you know, what words in the Bible are uh, the words that actually God gave? Because it's historical fact that there are changes within the Bible that human beings have made, and their arguments go both ways on that. Those answers that were not provided for you, once you took up the craft, I take it you would suggest to me have been provided? You now know the no. answers to those questions? No. No? No, I, they, I went off and... Off in a different direction, basically. Um, there was no need at that point for those questions to be answered. Oh, I see. All right. Every, uh, thank you very much for the call, Evelyn. Hold on. We'll uh, dive into another hour of phone calls coming up shortly. Dr. Evelyn Paglini is my guest. In the nighttime, this is Coast to Coast AM.
held in the Kingdom of Nye from west of the Rockies. Dial 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may recharge at 1-775-727-1222. Or use the wildcard line at 1-775-727-1295. To recharge on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell on the Premier Radio Networks. I'll tell you, there's also a lot of power in music. Can't you feel it? Power. There's a lot of emotional power and just a lot of power in music. No question about it. Dr. Evelyn Paglini is here tonight. She's a witch, a real witch. I don't know if she'd use that term, but I... I'm using it. Uh, we'll ask her what you'd use here in a moment. Just stay right where you are. Let's be sure of a couple things. Uh, let's be really sure of a couple of things. Number one, since I don't know the ritual, did we get through all the way through the attraction ritual? Did you no, we it? did not. Okay, well then let's finish it up, please. Okay, uh... After they have done their half an hour to 45 minutes, they can snuff out the candle. And because you started out 12 inches apart, what you're going to do on that first night is you're going to move the subject approximately two to three inches closer. You're going to do that every single night until one of the image candles reaches below the waist. Then you're going to put the two candles together. You're going to bind them with a red thread or with a red string, which is called a binding action, and then you're going to complete the ritual until both candles are completely burned. Hmm. Half an hour to 45 minutes per night, and put emotion and intensity behind it. But remember, it is not what you are feeling. It is what you want the subject to feel and act toward you. Mm-hmm. And when you're all done with this, as I presume we are now, um, how long before you can begin to see the fulfillment of your expectations? If you have good concentration and visualization, you will notice within uh, 48 to 72 hours the beginnings of it. That's fast. And the more you do it, the stronger it will become. Mm -hmm. One ritual does not make a person move that quickly. You're going to know that the candles will talk to you if you listen If you see that one of the flames is burning very, very low and hardly barely burning, Mm -hmm. then you are meeting with resistance and you must put more energy and more power there. If it is burning hot and heavy, that means you're getting through. Also, the time you do the ritual, make sure that the subject is in repose. You do not want to try to invite yourself into their psyche during the day when they are up and running and there's an awful lot of confusion going on. You want to open up your altar when they are in repose so that you can immediately get into the psyche. All right. Um, a quick change here. Frank in Tampa, uh, one of the few males, and that's something I want to address in a minute, uh, says, good evening, um, Art and Evelyn. Is it possible to address the subject uh, further of the Illuminati, please? Evelyn mentioned them before the break mentioned uh, what a dangerous certain infiltrations had become, and she no longer infiltrated them more, please. So I'll ask you for more, and I'll understand if you can't give it. I would like to do a show sometimes on cults 
and groups and secret societies and the Illuminati. But that's obviously something that, um, is, is, is it fair to say scared you? or Let's just say that once you cannot infiltrate and do your job, then you must remove yourself and pass it on to those who are eager and disciplined and proficient at the game. Mm -hmm. All right. This may seem a silly. No, it isn't a silly question. I monitor, um, you know, the fast blast computer messages I get. I get hundreds of those, and the telephones, of course, I monitor. And by a large margin, Evelyn, um, it's more females interested in all of this than males. Why? Well, now, I found that to be both. I mean, yes, the natural tendency would be for the me female because of the emotion and because of being able to tap into the goddess. But quite frankly, recently, the last 10, 15 years, I would have to say equal. Really? Oh, yeah. A lot of my clients, a lot of my students are male and very good at it. I might add. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, east of the Rockies, you're on the air with Evelyn Paglini. Hello. Hi. Hi. This is Tammy from Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls? Yeah. The honeymoon place. Well, not really anymore, I don't think. Well, I don't know. I think probably a lot of candles have been burned to get there. Anyway. <laughs> well, I'm a nurse out here, and um, the past few years I've been learning and believing everything happens for a reason. And I had gone to Lilydale. Um, I was wondering if Evelyn has gone there. No, I have not. Um, did you ever hear of it? Yes, I have. Okay. Well, I, I go, I've been going there a few times a year. Well, I haven't. What is it? It's a spiritualist community, and they have a lot of mediums. But I went this year for healing and meditation mm -hmm. teaching, and um, I picked up a book, and I bought a couple of them and brought them home and was reading and interested, and then everything started happening for a reason. Like, I was compelled to go in the store on my way home from work, and it had everything in it that I was reading about, and I was just wondering if you believe that everything does happen for a reason. There is no coincidence. And right now what's happening to you is you are being led. Wonderful. It's like the thousand-petal lotus you are about to blossom. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, you're on the quest. You're on the journey. It's going to be very wonderful and very exciting. Oh, thank you so much. I, w I was also brought up Catholic, so I'm, I'm uh. battling with that also. Don't, don't battle. There is no division there. What you're going after is nature and the elements, and that has all been created by one. Thank you so much. Thank you for calling. And um, Evelyn, she said everything happens for a reason. Or does every? I guess it was a question. Does everything happen for a reason? Yes, you said. Um, if your life is headed in a certain direction and uh, events are sending you, you, you can clearly see events are sending you in a certain direction. Can you change that? Can you change the direction if you really want to? Yes, you can. So then, so then. It's not like we're little puppets being yanked on uh, by strings from above or wherever, and, and things are just going to unfold the way they're going to unfold. They can be affected, and that's what magic is all about. That is correct. And if you remain absent, then you are going to be like a feather blown in the wind. Huh. 
But yes, you can take control if you, you can choose also those opportunities and those options that are presented to you. That's really interesting. I've, I've always had a feeling that uh, my life was being absolutely directed. I mean, really directed, more than I expressed to you here. Uh, West of the Rockies, you're on the air with uh, Dr. Evelyn Paglini. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, my name's Tammy, and I'm calling from California. Tammy, okay. And um, I, have a, I have a question, but it kind of has a little bit of a story behind it. Do you want, would you like me to tell you? Go ahead. I'm um, 26 years old and um, just basically cleaned my life and soul of all the negativity and abuse, and I'm, I've been healing myself. In the, when I started healing myself, I started seeing things and, you know, coming into contact with people and, you know, being led on how my inner guidance and how to become a stronger person emotionally. And recently I've been studying yoga and uh, in my chakras, and I came into contact with my root chakra, and which was very disgusting. But through meditation, I'm trying to heal it and cleanse it. So I'm kind of, my window's opening a lot. And my question is, or I have, I'm, <laughs> I'm fish-sitting for my neighbor, and I had a key to her apartment. And I saw, I put the key there, my boyfriend saw it, and the key was missing for about a week. Last night, I was walking through my bedroom door, and I saw the key fall halfway down, just halfway from the air. It just, like, appeared in the air and dropped down. <laughs> after after that, I noticed on my arm, on my upper bicep, I have bruises that look almost like fingertips. I have three deep ones and, like, two little ones. <laughs> and I, I, I've... You know, I you know I can see the auras, and I you know this is something different, and I wasn't too sure of what this is. You may have uh, invited in a mischievous spirit. How did I do that? that? As far as the keys were concerned, where they were missing, and then an apport or the appearance of them, but the bruises, okay, almost like uh, fingerprints. Yeah, that is a spirit or an entity, and. Normally, that uh, has to be watched very carefully because if uninvited, then you must do a banishing. How do I do? Yeah, because I didn't ask for anything to come in. <laughs> I was just trying to heal myself. <laughs> suppose, suppose you wanted to banish something. How would she do that? Well, depending on is she getting manifestation within the home well, like or the is home... it also on the outside of the home? Well, see, um, my home is very active. Like I see the fairies. Mm -hmm. I get like I'll come home. I'm a waitress, and I come home from work at night when the apartment's dark, and I can see the little white light bouncing around the apartment because I'm scared. Do you have any negativity there, also? No. See, my my home is very positive. But All right, then it's only you. Negative. I would do a cleansing and protection on you, and that one on the environment. If you were having things that were happening within the home, then I would have suggested that you first do a cleansing and protection of your environment, followed by a cleansing and protection of yourself. If you will go to my website, take a look at Psychic Self-Defense. Okay. But um, if anything goes on within the home, honey, please understand you must cleanse the environment before you put up a shield of protection on you. You must cleanse and put up a shield of protection on the house. Can I ask you a couple other questions? Do you have a few? Is it okay? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Very quick. If I'm, 
at my where I work at, it is a very active place um, spiritually, mm-hmm. and but there's a lot of negativity in there too. Mm-hmm. A lot. Rosemary oil, five finger grass, rue, old leaves, sprinkle them around. Protection oil, put it around your cubicle, around your domain. If you have uh, problems on on a pro- problematic area, use High John the Conqueror to solve problems. But if it's just to remove negativity. I would use rose geranium, rosemary, myrrh, frankincense. Any one of those will put up a shield of protection and will remove negativity and only bring in balance and that which is of the spirit of good. Okay. It, and from from where I work, is that where something could have, like, attach, you know, leached on? Attach itself to you, absolutely, especially while you're blossoming, while you're opening. Yeah. So not only what, as you're healing yourself, you have to be... You have to be more. You have to be very careful of what's around. It's you. like taking a shower, honey. Once you remove a negativity and you start to open yourself and blossom, if you if if you walked outside, you'd catch a cold. Mm-hmm. So you have to towel dry and put something on. The removal of the negativity is one thing. You forgot to do the second. You forgot to put the shield up. Well, they don't tell you that in yoga. Well, no. <laughs> put up a shield of protection immediately. Okay. Uh-huh. Thank you so much, and I You're will welcome. Look, what was your website journey. again? Oh, oh, it's uh, mysticalblend.com. Mysticalblend.com. Okay, thank you very mysticalblend. much. Mysticalblend.com, right? Yes. Mysticalblend.com. That shouldn't be too hard for you all. Uh, first time caller line. You're on the air with Dr. Evelyn Paglini. Good morning. Hello. Hello, Miss Evelyn. Yes. Hello. Hi. Um, I'm so happy that I was able to talk to you, but... Um, I wanted to mention to you that... What's your name, um, hon? Uh, my name is Mary. I'm from Chicago. And uh, from everything that I've learned, uh, there's really not too much to white magic as much as I've learned, other than teaching. Most of the magic that is practiced is gray magic. Gray magic. And gray is... There is no gray magic, honey. That's somebody that's sitting on the fence and would like you to believe that. No, now, I don't know who. Great, great I don't know who your teacher what, is, but that teacher certainly is out of balance. Well, what I found is that anything that is um, able to control somebody else's will is usually gray magic. No, not gray. It is dark magic. I'm sorry. There is no well, even gray. even love magic. Well, I, I don't know. I, I think I buy that, too. Anything that uh, is controlling somebody else's will, as she said, uh, that's that's dark. When you're controlling somebody else's will, that's dark. Like I, I, I said, the gray, they're, they're using the color gray because they're sitting on the fence and don't want to take responsibility, Art. <laughs> I mean, all of these are just words. This is a power, and uh, how it's used determines, I guess, what color it is, eh? That is correct, and always will be. That's really important for people to understand, that this is all really one thing, one available thing. Uh, Not necessarily one power source, but it is a one power, and it can be used either positively or negatively, with positive or negative consequences. Um... Wildcard line, uh, hi. Good morning. You're on the air with Dr. Evelyn Paglini. Yes, hi. Hi. Um, I was wondering, since uh, Evelyn was talking about secret societies before, yes. Yes. if um, she knew anything about Yale's uh, Skull and Bones uh, Club. <laughs> yes, I and have if heard. They were pra- 
Yes, I have heard of them, and uh, I hear that they can be extremely proficient, extremely cunning, and extremely dangerous. Oh, that's what I was going to ask if they were magic users. I think I just answered that for you. Yep, you did. (laughs) Oh, could you tell me one thing, too? Do you know if cats have magical powers? Oh, cats. Thank you. Uh... Cats have always been used. Why? Why? Well, first of all, they are extremely proficient and cunning, and because they like to do that kind of bidding, they are used so often as a familiar. You will see many depictions of Wiccans where they were familiar will be a cat. That cat loves to be able to go out and be, let's say, the uh, observer for you. Through their eyes, huh? Well, I'll tell you something. Um, I have four cats. We have four cats. I'm sure you know that. And um, once one of ours got sick, and we took it to one of the best vets in the entire United States. I mean, this vet really knew cats, saved our cat's life. But one of the things she said to me in an off moment when we were visiting is that the, um, the physiology of cats... Uh, she said, it is so different than any other mammal on the planet that, she said, I'm telling you, Art, they might as well be from another planet. I'm not kidding. Everything about them, although you recognize them as mammals, is so different that they might as well be from another planet. And that's why, magically, they are used so often as protectant. Yes. Um, so they can be your eyes... And yes. and what else? I mean, what? and they can also be like I had used before the panther. Yes, the cat family especially can be used as a destroyer. A destroyer. In other words, you can send that animal out to uh, take care of a situation or a person. It has been done. Yikes! In other words, there have been people who have tried to remove themselves from a group or a cult or a society yes. and have uh, started to give out information about that society and its agenda. And they have been killed mysteriously by some animal that escaped from a carnival or a zoo. Does this account for some of your reluctance to discuss these uh, groups? We have in the past, and we shall again, I have a, uh, I have some startling information that is going to be coming out very soon. Are you concerned? You know what I'm very proud of? Richard Hoagland has now turned his attack, his attention on ritual. Oh, he's been there all along. Yeah. Evelyn, I can tell you right now, he's been there all along, uh, ascribing many of the ancient... Um, Egyptian ritual and belief to modern NASA. I mean, he'll he'll tell you that uh, it actually uh, um, will cause them to launch and do things on certain dates. That's correct. And to the casual observer, that seems crazy, uh, just crazy as can be. But it 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 just may not be as crazy. That's when I say that there are societies with agendas that they pack thousands of years, and we are now becoming privy to that information, and it is now being exposed by the likes of myself and by Mr. Hoagland Don't and others. Don't you worry about your personal situation, personal danger in beginning to get into these areas? No, 
Well, maybe you ought to be. Hold on. Uh, that's Dr. Evelyn Paglini. In the middle of the night, in the darkness, coming at you like a freight train, this is Coast to Coast AM. West of the Rockies at 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies at 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may reach Art at area code 775-727-1222. Or call the wild card line at 775-727-1295. To talk with Art on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. Ever ask yourself if you believed and knew that the craft was real and true and could help you in your life, love life, corporate life, whatever aspect of life has meaning for you, would you use it? Maybe maybe once you've answered that question for yourself, you can try and decide whether you'd like to learn. And if so... And we've got the right person for you here tonight. Dr. Evelyn Paglini will be right back. Somebody anointing himself as a bad boy from the Fantastic Forum. San Diego, California asks Evelyn, indeed, a question that will earn him that name. Please ask Evelyn about Harlot the Witch. Ha! Huh. I may have touched on this with you previously, uh, Evelyn, but God, what a question. I did a show with somebody who called herself a witch loosely. She was a Satanist. Satanist. That's right. She was a Satanist. And during the course of that show, she said that she had done things that would ensure, brace yourself, folks, that uh, she would take her son to hell with her. And... um, That shocked and dismayed many, many people, including myself. Um, And there were things attendant with that broadcast that I don't even want to go into right now. However, I had the opportunity to have uh, the late Father Malachi Martin on after that program. And I asked him, my God, it cannot be, can it? There is nobody with the power. Is there a father to take their own son to hell with them? And he said, oh, I'm sorry, but it could be done. Do you agree with that? I would have to agree with it, yes, sir. How how can you have the power to take an innocent soul to hell? 
this person, if I remember correctly, had a heritage, and she had dedicated herself as well as her child, even though unborn and then again born, yes. dedicated to Satan. Yes. And in exchange for whatever powers or boon that she required. And in so doing, she offered up the soul of her unborn child and then rededicated that child when it was born. And so, therefore, it is. Okay. It is of her issue, and so, therefore, it is. All right. Um, west of the Rockies, you're on the air with Dr. Evelyn Paglini. Hello. Did you say west of the Rockies? That's you, yes. Oh, yeah. Hi. Hi. Uh, this is Michael. I'm in Arizona. Hey, Michael. Um, I say this tongue-in-cheek all the time. I'm a, a recovering Catholic and a born-again pagan. <laughs> and... Um, I don't know. I missed an, about an hour of the show, so I. But I'm, this is a specific case. I'd like to ask a question about. Uh, there's been um, this uh, talk about our coast has been talking about the effects, of, the detrimental effects of the Ouija board, uh, how it's uh, often let um, unwanted or harmful influences into people's lives. Opening doors, board. yes. And um, there was a specific case, and I hope the gal that asked, I believe it was a gal that asked this question, uh, when she was young, they dabbled with the Ouija board. Uh, um, I hope that, Yvonne, that you can give her uh, the answer she needs, an idea what she can do. Um, anyway, dabbled with the Ouija board, uh, led an influence into the house or into the home or into their lives. Everything started going wrong. Uh, she's been having to deal with this for years. Uh, what, uh, when the mother found, uh, when they realized that there was a problem and that it came from the Ouija board, the mother simply tore up the board and threw it away. Mm. Wrong. Uh, it's understood, I believe, that you, one should burn the board. Absolutely. Okay, well, they didn't do that. The board is long gone. All right. Uh, they, the question is, how do you, right. uh, evidently the door is still open. Yeah, how do you do? close the door? What would be a good thing for her to do? All right, all right. Uh, very good. Um, the Ouija board. Yes, indeed, that opens doors. And, Evelyn, could something come through uh, in an experience like that that would then be with you unless you did something about it for the rest of your life? Yes, because you have opened up a portal. And so, therefore, not only will the premises always have that portal open unless closed but there will be spirits or entities that will go with you wherever you move to to the end of your days if you are not careful and do a cleansing not only of yourself but of your environment and for that person that uh, tore up the Ouija board if the person was a practitioner what they could do is buy another board not using it, okay, and burn it in sacrifice ah. so that that spirit and that portal would be closed. But only a practitioner could do that. The other way would be to do a cleansing and a protection of the environment and of themselves. Otherwise, it would be with them because it's affecting them not only in their home but in their lives. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have one really bad experience. First time caller line, you're on the air with uh, Dr. Paglini. Hello. Hi, I'm Patrick from Baltimore, Maryland. Hello, Patrick. Uh, Dr. Paglini, I have a question about an experience that I had when I was about seven. Um, I had a babysitter named Eric who taught me a magic trick, but it was not an illusion, and I wanted to ask your feedback on it. 
I'm uh, listening. It inv- Excuse me? I said, I'm listening. Okay. It involved uh, two metallic Band-Aid boxes. One was small and one big. Uh, both were empty, except uh, we put one Band-Aid in one of the boxes and then closed both lids. And I'd take one in each hand and place them on a table or a desk about 12 to 15 inches apart. And then in cycles, uh, start moving them closer together and further apart, back and forth about six or seven times, but without allowing them to touch each other. And uh, the final time of moving them closer together, I would allow them to hit each other. And at that point, uh, we'd open the lid of the Band-Aid box where we put the Band-Aid, and the box was empty. And we'd open the box, uh, we'd open the lid of the other box, and the Band-Aid would be in there. And uh, naturally, I was very curious to figure out how this worked, so I kept repeating the trick over and over again, and I was able to do it whether he was there or not. Um, but so he warned you're, me you're saying I, it's not the old shell game you were playing. You're saying the Band-Aid really moved. It really moved, yeah. Teleportation, yeah. All right, well, so, um, Evelyn, there's a good question. Magic, or what we think of as stage magic, and then magic magic. Um, is that kind of magic possible, the kind he just talked about, where there really is something that happens? Oh, yeah, you oh. can do a teleportation. That's not magic. It's teleportation. I mean, it's, they consider it magic, but it's teleportation. And what you can do is mentally transfer an object from one place to another if you have that kind of ability and power. Huh. And apparently this young man has the talent to do so. Unless he is doing a parlor trick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Wildcard Line, you're on the air with Dr. Evelyn Paglini. Hello. Hello? No, I, that stupid button. Now you're on the air. Hi. Hello? Going Hi. once. Yes, hello, sir. Yeah, I have a question for Evelyn. All right. Um, I'm a conscious light worker. I have been for about three years. And I recently moved away from the area where I had my spiritual awakening. And it seems that I've lost that connection. I was just wondering how to get it back. Hmm. Well, first of the synchronicities are gone. Well, have you, are you into meditation and visualization? Oh yes. Uh, right. Then drop. Then drop down to your levels and put yourself back there, sir. And okay. tap into that energy and that essence, and once again, you will have the awakening. The right. talent resides within you, not within the space. Right, I'm I'm a Reiki master, and I've been get, I've gotten away from that. Are you familiar with Reiki? Yes, I am. So in, words, so in other words, it's it's the it's the play. It's not the place at all, and it, so that if he lost it when he left that other place, then he lost it because of something that he believed that wasn't necessarily true, and he just lost faith, or what? He shut down. Huh. And so what what he has to do is to reconnect. He has to re enforce himself, re-empower himself. Something must have gone on in his life that has made him question himself and therefore he has shut down his abilities. But he can recap them. That's why I asked if he was proficient in meditation. Yes. Drop down to his levels, go right back to that scene, to that energy, tap into it and open up again. The vast majority of people in the world that are not practitioners of any sort of magic um, Evelyn, what of them? Are they? How are they regarded by people like yourself? Uh, they're just. Are they the the sheeple that are out there, or you know the, the the potential targets, or just the unwashed, or you know? How do you think of them? Well, 
I think of them as untapped potential. Oh. In other words, once they are exposed to magic correctly, they can not only use it for the benefit of, of themselves and their family and their friends, but for mankind, for this nation. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it's untapped potential. Well, the I, experience of tapping into the divine and the empowerment of yourself is uh, is truly a wonderful awakening. Well, that's very kind. I would rather be called untapped potential. Um, all right, I want to do this for you again. Uh, again, you've got the accoutrements that go with what you're hearing tonight, and you've got a website and you've got a telephone number, and I'd sure like to be able to promote it for you. Um, it's what you do after all. And um, the telephone number, if you're interested in uh, obtaining some of the accoutrements or uh, whatever, is area code 818-407-1951. That's area code 818-407-1951. It'll help a lot if you write that down, folks. We don't have to answer so much email. Uh, there is an address. Um, Evelyn, you want to give that again slowly? Yes, that is Paglini, P-A-G-L-I-N-I, at P. O box five seven nine three two Sherman Oaks California nine one four one three okay and I will send them out a free catalog just to have them requested. Do you take on big jobs? Yes, I do. Without. Uh specifics of, of what you've done, what's your batting average like, Evelyn? 85 to 90%. Hmm. That's not bad at all. May I make a suggestion, sir? I'd like to give a warning out. You have been mentioning your book over and over again, The Coming Global Superstorm. And oh, the yeah. last time we did a show, I had mentioned that the elements had been called into action. Yes. You are going to see an escalation of this, and I'm talking about what we have experienced with hurricanes and tornadoes. We're going to have volcanic uprisings, and we're going to have major earthquakes. Mm-hmm. The elements have been called into action, so please tell your audience, your listeners, to become prepared. I think that a lot of people know that instinctually, as I did prior to uh, writing that book. I just knew it. I could feel it with every fiber of my body. I knew what was coming, and I still do. Um, all right. Um, East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Dr. Evelyn Peglini. Hi. Art Bell. Yes. Mike Mike, also from the Fantastic Forum with you. How are you doing, buddy? Oh, pretty good. Evelyn, good morning. Good morning. Art mentioned earlier in the show that you had set a precedent in a Texas court. And I was wondering, well, first I'd like to say, if you've set a precedent in Texas, you've moved mountains. <laughs> That's what the judge told me. I was wondering about the particulars of that case and your particular It was a child abuse case with ritual overtones. I see. And, that's and I was called in as an authority on what this particular sect was doing with these children as they were passing them around and as they were dedicating them to specific deities. And from this, I was able to remove that child from that influence. I see. And how many times have you done this before? That was the one big case. That was the one case. I have certainly consulted on many others, but this one was tremendous only because of the money behind it. Oh, no, ma'am. I mean, how many children have you removed before? Oh, from other places like that? Yes. Several. Wow. Well, you're doing good work doing that, then. To even imagine this is going on is... 
I'll look at the breeding Incredible. farms that are going out out there. Art, we did a show a long time ago. Do you remember? I do. And you had people who called in who had been abused I, I and had given I know. birth. I know. I know, I remember, uh, it, it seems beyond the pale, beyond all reason, Evelyn. It, it's it very really does difficult it. to wrap your mind around that kind of horror. But, but then you hear it. from these people, and I don't know what else you're going to believe. They, they backed it up all the way. So, yes, um, let's take, let's see if we can take one more. First time caller line, uh, hello, you're on the air with Dr. Evelyn Peglini. Yeah, I was just wondering if um, you could do a love spell on someone you've never met before. Do do a, oh, a love spell? Yeah. On somebody you've never met? Yeah. No, that's called an attraction ritual. In uh, other words, what you want to do is call in a person that is going to meet, let's say, the criteria to have the attributes that you desire. So you put out a general call for a female with those attributes. After the poor, lonely J-Lo, are you? That was, that was a joke, sir. Sorry. No, I'm serious. I was wondering, like, um, like a celebrity or something. <laughs> well. No, you don't have to go after a celebrity. You, you you go after not a person in particular, but the person that has the general attributes that you desire, sir. You know, there, there's a pretty interesting question, though. A lot of people would go after celebrities just because, I don't know, because they're exposed to them, because they see them, because they develop crushes on them, or for whatever reason... You know, out of sight, out of mind, but suddenly inside on TV and in the movie and the big screen and all of that, I would think celebrities would be the target of an awful lot of these attraction-type things, aren't they? They can be and have been, yes. And there are some who are proficient enough to worm their way into their influence and into their environment. Really? Yes, very much so. But the poor celebrities... Uh, because unaware. Completely unaware. So doesn't that virtually um, tear them from limb to limb psychically? Aren't Depends they... on, on the person's agenda that's going after them. What is their reason for being there? In other words, aren't they so much more exposed than the average person that they would need additional protection? Absolutely. Ah, <laughs> ah magic. Well, um, any final words uh, for, for the potentials out there, Evelyn? That for the average person, don't fear it, get acquainted with it, use it, stay in balance. It will improve your life, it will open up so many doors, and it will raise your spiritual awakening. And make you a better person, and, and it really can do material things for you as well. It can enrich you or send it you down can, the road to fame or whatever it is you, I guess, desire. huh? You can bring into the physical plane of existence that which you desire, but remember, all power has a price to be paid. She says that right at the end of the program. All power has a price to be paid. And is that your price to pay, or is it sometimes the price of others? It goes both ways, but ultimately it will reside with you. Ultimately. So, in other words, you better be careful what you wish for <laughs> or uh, meditate on or try to bring to yourself because it will have a price of one sort or another, huh? That is correct, always. <laughs> okay, well, um, on the first weekend back, uh, I want to thank you for being here, Evelyn. Uh, always a, an absolute pleasure, a little scary sometimes, but a total pleasure having you here. Well, thank you for asking me. Uh, take care. Take care.
care. Good night. Sir. Good night. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. That's a, a real witch. And I know that some of you will go, oh, come on, give me a break. No, it's not. There is no such thing as a real witch. Well, if you are comfortable in believing that, then uh, so be it. Uh, however, I can assure you what you just heard was the real McCoy. I think we'll let uh, Crystal take us out this weekend. It's been a good one. From the high desert. Good night. Good night in the desert. Shooting stars across the sky. This magical journey. Take us on a ride Filled with the longing Searching for the truth Will we make it till tomorrow Will the sun shine on you Midnight in the desert